that time, Vegas was a place where millions of suckers flew in every year on their own nickel and left behind about a billion dollars. But at night, you couldn't see the desert that surrounds Las Vegas. But it's in the desert where lots of the town's problems are solved. Got a lot of holes in the desert, and a lot of problems are buried in those holes. Except you got to do it right. I mean, you got to have the hole already dug before you show up with a package in the trunk. Otherwise, you're talking about a half hour or 45 minutes to dig it. And who knows who's going to be coming along in that time. Before you know it, you got to dig a few more holes. You could be there all f***ing night. Uncle Job? George Michael. You weren't followed, were you? No, I don't think so. All right, kid. Let's steal some drugs. What are you doing? Flashing the lights. So the dealer knows what's going down. How long? Who knows? An hour. Maybe five. Drug delivery? You wanted some marijuana? No, uh, not me. My nephew did. Show me the money. Show us the pot. I got it right here. Oh, my God. Nice, right? Okay, you can put your shirt down there. Just give him the stuff. So, we have a deal. We have a deal. He's ruining his life. Freeze! What? Oh no! It's the cops. No, and a construction worker. Let's get this party started. Aren't you guys gonna cuff him? You want a haircut? All right, George Michael. Hope you learned your lesson, pal. Maybe you've discussed this about me, but maybe not so much about you. What's my biggest fear of flying? Heaven forbid. No, I'm just saying. Oh, God. In the million to one uh, scenario. Rick, stop putting those statistics out there. Can I start the next day show with Blood Rock? Can you give me that permission in advance? Oh, of course. All right, then. Why would you even have to ask that? <laughs> I love you, too, Sarah. All right, fantastic. Hey there, hi there, ho there. It's uh, 7 minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of April. In the year of our Lord, 2008, thank you for coming along making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the 
Rick Emerson, Cavalcade of Whimsy. I am he. Uh, thank you for joining us today. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you would like to join us today, and why wouldn't you, my chums? Why wouldn't you indeed? Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If your comments, questions, clarifications, two cents, uh, you know, whatever you might have uh, to contribute today. 503 503- 733-2970. Now, yesterday was all stories about uh, hitting the tarmac roughly and the oxygen mass dropping from the ceiling. Today... Why does it all have to be plane stories? I haven't traveled since September. Why is this all happening right now? Today, nothing but wind shear stories, please. It's 503-733-2970. We only hit you because we love you, You're Sarah. evil. I know. You're an evil, evil little man. Uh, Richie Bristol, not uh, here today. Richie Bristol at... I was unclear about this. Either the dentist or the doctor, or quite possibly some combination of both. That was sad how he sent a picture along with his email. <laughs> did you Tim, see the picture, Tim, Tim? Did you get that email? I did not. I'm about to Here just go to Sarah and I. It was, Richie sent a picture of himself today, and then, oh, yeah, he looks oh, bad. That is too bad. See, I, just, I, I love him so much, it doesn't even gross me out. It's just like, oh, I just feel so bad for him. It really, honestly, the, uh, half his face, he looks like some... I wonder some, if he let us post this. <laughs> He let us post a picture of him in a see-through shirt yesterday, showing his nipples. I'm going to put it on my, on my blog right well now. Well done. Um, no, he looks like, uh, I'm trying to, not Sloth from the Goonies. Who's that, he looks like some fictitious character. I can't quite imagine, I can't remember he who it is. He does look like Sloth. Sort of. Anyway, so Richie sent us a picture of himself this morning. And it was just, half of his face is sort of normal, but half of it is like one of those waterhead baby things. Uh, and it's, and it's. And then it's so sad, he just said, as you can see, I am not any better. The swelling has not gone down. I'm going to the... And then he called me. Uh, can you turn me up ever so slightly? The, uh, he called, but he called me later on. He's like, so I'm on my... I can't even simulate it. He said, I'm on my way to the dentist. And I said, well, what do you think is... You know, I said, well, it's fine. You know what? We'll get it covered. It, you know, get better. What do you think is wrong? And I think this may be just him making it up. It didn't seem like... It doesn't seem like there was any medical basis for this uh, diagnosis. But Richie says he believes that somehow they hit a nerve in his face. And I'm unclear about who they are or Did when. Did he have dental work done? I don't think so. Seems like we would have heard about that. Anyway, so he's on his way to the dentist today, and they're going to give him a prodding and a poking and a looking at and or whatever. So um, I told him uh, not to worry about coming in. Health, of course, comes first. Uh, so anyway, so... Uh, well, you know, like that guy plays through the pain constantly. I mean, you know he's like hungover every day. Absolutely. So, yeah, so for him not to be in, there really has got to be something wrong with his face. And there is. Uh, so you'll be able to see that at sarahxdillon.com uh, here in just a short while. Anyway, it's 503-733-2970. You want to weigh in with your comments, questions, all of that. Uh, Timmy Ryan, everybody's friend, standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, or the absurd. I saw Timmy Ryan out at one of my local watering holes last night. Does it kind of freak you it out that you and he out. sort of, in some way, run in kind of the same circles or in the same locations? No, no, no. Because you I would see not him out. That. Well, you know what I'm saying. That you see him out a lot. Well, I have a bar that I um, that I frequent, and um, yeah, I met, met my friend last night there, and then it just so happens that Timmy, he's going to pretend like he's been going there forever. I'm sure because he's like, I've been going there for years. I'm Timmy Ryan, but I really haven't seen him, you know, until recently. Do you suppose that? Maybe he's just, uh, I don't want to say stalking. Well, you know what? I, no, no, no. You know what? Actually, I know why he's there. Because his lady friend that he's um, that he's totally dating, even though he says that he isn't, uh, lives right down the street. Is he trying to play it like he's still like a, a free man? But, yeah, I mean, yeah. Plus, I think he's like, you know, basically moving into her house. I can live my life anywhere I want. I'm not, I got no ball and chain on me. 
But then everywhere we everywhere you go, you see him with her, right? Yep. All right. And she's yeah, she's a very nice girl. Is it one of those radio things where she seems way too good for him? She seems way too good for him. At that point last night, I just I, I couldn't handle Timmy Ryan last night. So I was <laughs> hanging out with my friend because she's going to Canada. Uh-huh. Well, she's leaving to Canada. Is this Heather? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's going back to ta- to Canada to like file taxes and do stuff. I was hanging out with my friend Weaver and. Um, yeah, and then Timmy was there. I'm just like, I can't even. And do you don't want to leave right one now. of your friends unattended in the presence of Timmy Ryan. It's like having something you want to eat and putting it next to an onion in the fridge. Well, you come back have, and it's just ruined. You forget that he's not a normal person. So I try to have <laughs> normal people conversation with him. Like, what's new, Timmy? He's like, nah, 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 nah. what's up? Nah, 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 nah. I'm like, okay, I'm just just over here. <laughs> Fantastic. Like some sort of a chatty Kathy doll from hell. <laughs> we love you, Timmy Ryan. Uh, all right, he's uh, he is there though. So if you uh, if you want to uh, join the program today, you do uh, dial five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. You can also email if you like. It's Rick at rickemerson.com. dot com. Rick at uh, rickemerson.com, dot com. Sarah at nine seventy dot am. Tim at nine seventy dot am. Or uh, if you want to send Richie uh, Richie a get well email, uh, you can do that at uh, Richie with a T at nine seventy dot am. All right, it's Thursday. Feels like Friday. You know why? Because you're gone tomorrow. I'm out. I normally don't say this because it, it sounds like I'm complaining and I'm really not. You know, because we have a I think we have an easier life than well, most people in terms of our job. You're say you're totally well, miss me. that goes without saying. I was going to say it's been a long ass week. I don't know why. Again, I'm this is fine. We're better beach working in a road crew, I suppose. I'm just saying it doesn't seem like it's only Thursday. It really seems like it ought to be Friday. Um, but that is largely because this is your last day, and then you'll be back Monday morning. Yes. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Let's hope so, because you know what? I'm flying Alaska back on Monday morning. Or, or not, as the case may be. I'll tell Kristen just to stick around. I'll tell her to be yeah, no, standing yeah, by. We talked this morning. Really? Yeah, she's down with it. Yeah, okay. Um, so tomorrow, Kristen Bowie will be uh, joining us in the studio in the stead of Sarah Dillon. All right, now, when you go to Vegas, obviously drinking. I'm sitting right across the street from an In-N-Out Burger. Did I tell you that? Really? Which one? Um, you know I, where it's at? Well, I mean, there's no, many, I, I don't know where the ho- I don't know where the hotel was. But now I thought you were staying with 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 somebody. We were going to, but then my friend Jessica and I were talking, and we we're like, yeah, you know, we love Jay and Lisa, but they also have two kids, and yeah, you don't want to be around that. House, and it's like, you know, we can stay at the Wild Wild West for eighty bucks a night. Is that where you're it, staying? And it has a pool. The Wild Wild West. <laughs> Fantastic. It has a pool, and we have like a trashy, dirty smoking room, and it's just going to be sweet. So, so we're each paying, you know, eighty bucks a piece. And, and you're right by the In and Out. And right across the Excellent. Street from the that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so, uh, so uh, drinking? Yes, you're going to try to. Are you? Did you say you're going to try to see the Head Cat, that the the band of Lemmington? They're playing a free show on fantastic. Saturday night, and I'm going to go try and see the Juke Joint Gamblers. Juke Joint Gamblers, our friend. Day. Uh, our friend Jesse Cunningham uh, fronts a couple of bands, one of them the Juke Joint Gamblers. He'll be uh, excited to hear that. Totally. Yeah, I'm going to go Yeah, just check out as many bands as I can, just go to the car show and see as many cars as I can. Just basically people watch and be out of Portland. And, and then you don't, you don't and... gamble, right? Nah. Okay, well, that's probably just as well. I mean, you sounds like you've got a full plate anyway. No, so. I mean, and I'm completely content. I mean, the other night I just I spent it wandering you know, with a friend around Lloyd Center for an hour of people watching. So. Yeah, no, Vegas is totally I find, the place I to find do that. that. I find people totally interesting. I'm totally down with watching people and their gambling problems. So do this in Vegas. So um, this is one of the things we did last time. So, A, we always play uh, daughter or girlfriend. If you go to the Wynn or to the Bellagio or any of those upscale casinos, you can do daughter, girlfriend, or hooker. And then the other thing is try to spot guys who are truly players and then try to spot guys who have dressed themselves because they fancy themselves to be players. Guys who will, like, put on players. Like from Swingers? Totally, exactly. Uh, because sometimes you'll see guys, and you can tell that they kind of know what they're doing. They spend a lot of time in Vegas. They really kind of know the ins and outs. And then there are guys who are sort of photocopies, or they're like bad, blurry Xeroxes. Guys who just sort of believe themselves to be players. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right, fantastic. So, 
Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will be joining. We're doing today's intro all out of order. Uh, Lisa Desjardins will join us today. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum uh, about... Because you're not going to be affected by this flight cancellation thing, I hope. No. None of, none of the American Airlines flights are canceled today. Well, but it's Ala- mean, but she's I'm, on Alaska to begin. Oh, with. sorry, I'm talking about Alaska. The American Airlines flights, some of them are canceled. I have the list. What here. about? I think I'm flying. I'm playing U.S. Airways tomorrow. I'll look it up for you. Okay, because yeah. like, I checked it this morning and it's on time so far. So it's one of those weird things where we're flying U.S. Airways there, then Alaska Airlines back. All I saw today was this the slug where it said American Airlines cancels 900 more flights. Yeah, the so. ones on the PDX today canceled uh, the 1210 departure to Dallas Fort Worth. The 1245 departure to Chicago, the 205 departure to Chicago, uh, the 310 departure to Dallas. So it looks like you can't get it. It sort Dallas. of unnerves me that they weren't doing. I mean, I don't really know all of the details of the situation, but doesn't it seem like they just put off doing the maintenance and put it off and put it off until somebody finally noted, like, hey, these planes don't work? Yeah. I mean, seems like you can oh. just. That's, a, that's really where you want your ounce of prevention, is in your airline. Anyway. I've got to remember to buy my mini bottles of vodka, too. Yes, yes Does you anyone do. know, yeah, have, have they put an ordinance out on that yet? No, are you so. you just live in fear that they're going to ban I vodka. I totally do. I'm sorry. You know what? I have tried medication, like, specifically for fear of flying. I've tried everything else. My mom's given me Valium. Like, nothing calls me down. My, my, really? My brain, I can mentally power through pills. Do you have any of that Valium just uh, left over? Okay, you okay. I'll help pass that my the way. The only thing that works for me with my fear of flying is vodka. I can't, I don't, I, I can't imagine that they've gotten rid of it. I mean, and, and as long as it's sealed, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. As long as it's in uh, a bottle. Like, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be trying to bring it out. Like, Lara was thinking, well, I'm going to bring a flask on. I'm like, you know, that's going to end badly. No, it just has to be smaller than three ounces. And, yeah. and if it's sealed, they've never given me a problem. They give me dirty looks and, and judgmental looks. But I'm like, I don't care. Here's another thing not to worry about. Whatever you do, don't dwell on the fact that when you go through the metal detector at PDX and, in fact, at Las Vegas at McCarran Airport, uh, that certain things set off the metal detector, but whole classes of metal apparently don't. Uh, like none of my rings, I got my rings, I got my watch, uh, you know, all, any like jewelry that I have, none right. of it, none of it sets off. So, actually, I think I announced this too too loudly, really, uh, for decorum last time. When I was going through PDX, I was kind of in a cranky mood to begin with, and they were like shoving us through that like cattle thing, and it blowing the, the blowing the air at you, and the guys like wanted to give me like a full cavity search and whatever, and I walked through the, the metal detector and. I have dozens and dozens of metal things on my person. I mean, I got the watch, I got the two bracelets, I got the rings, I got the what, and none of it sets off the metal detector. And I think I just said in a loud voice to my wife, just to be often, I said, hey, by the way, they can't detect anything made out of this metal. Uh, which they didn't appreciate, but what are you going to do? It just seems to be random. the side and cavity searched. No, that was in, um, that was in Vegas because I gave sass. Uh, I gave sass to the, because one of the TSA guys made a joke. And uh, what's her name? Rita Rudner said there was to be no joking. There was a there was a whimsical video that they played where uh, she informed us that there were to be no musings, no limericks, no jokes, no riddles, no knock knocks of any kind. And then the guy tried to be funny, and I let him know that wasn't appropriate. They didn't seem to uh, appreciate the humor. In that. How about a haiku? No. Well, you should try that actually, but don't make it funny. Like what about a dramatic haiku? Okay. All right, there you go. Uh, let's see. What else is coming up today? Top five songs by which you can stalk Sarah Dillon. Uh, that's Chris speaking of Vegas. Randy in Vegas put that together. Did you uh, say you're flying Delta? <laughs> no, US, US Airways. Are you trying to throw the stalkers off? Let's see here. I mean Delta. I mean Delta. Delta. I mean uh, Continental. Staying at the Rio. Mm-hmm. I'm finding out right now. Okay. Uh, top five songs by which you can stalk Sarah Dillon coming up later on today. Well, I think uh, The Low is playing on Saturday, too. With that Azure Noir. Azure Noir. I feel bad that I didn't see that guy the last time it was in Vegas and that I missed 
because uh, I'm a big fan of that new music project he has. I'm a, uh, I really am. Uh, I'm really quite into that. Uh, and so I'm kind of bummed that that I didn't get to see him perform. But I guess he's going to be coming up to uh, Vegas. He and the, he and the girl both are going to be here. So or, uh, to fine and on time. Uh, let's see. Awesome. Dorothy Carcassari uh, for the National Enquirer uh, going to be joining us later on today with a Portland exclusive, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, glorious Bastard of the Week coming up later on today. A uh, whole variety of exciting news stories and more. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. A man is crushed to death by a 2,000-pound roller at an Oregon sawmill. Okay. It's every pet owner's worst fear. The family gets home with their dog. Well, they thought it was their dog. They give them back the wrong one. It happened here. It's anchors away. CBS is about to throw Katie Couric overboard. It's Katie Kaput. <laughs> well, the Wall Street Journal claims there are very strong rumors that put that Katie will indeed leave her job less than halfway through her $15 million contract in January. Uh, Yahoo uh, is trying one more time to ward off its takeover by Microsoft. That Florida teen savagely beaten by fellow teens for that half hour on YouTube will be homeschooled. Airline flights may continue to be canceled through June. Secret rooms and a sex temple that was kept at the Texas Polygamous Compound. A sex temple? Yes. I want to form a band <laughs> called Sex Temple. Timmy Ryan, you and I are forming a band this afternoon called Sex Temple. All right. That sounds wrong. Uh, Randy Rhodes gets the axe from Air America. That's too bad. Blind people complain they can't hear hybrid cars. You know, we okay. Uh, I guess I should save this observation for the actual story. Because mm -hmm. if I do the observation now, you're going to do the whole story later on, and I'll go... That's right, Tim. And then we'll just be one of those things where we just move forward because I've wasted my observation. Okay. I'm fighting to hold the observation about hybrid cars in. All right. And we're done. All right. Uh, we'll get to calls here in just a second. Uh, let's see. Somebody dropped... There's a, there's a manila envelope here, but I don't know what it is. This is from somebody. It's candy. It's from... Candy. It's from Roger. Um, okay. He's enclosed a long, long uh, letter that I don't have time to read. Except it, he says favorable? this. He says, Rick, I was in the hellhole that is Utah this past weekend to visit my wonderful pack rat mother who no, never, never throws anything away except my comic collection. Seeking relief from General Conference, good reference, sir, I began looking through my old collection of records from my youth. Little did I know of the treasure that awaited me. This is so great. Okay, can, I, can we just pause for a moment before I reveal what he's given me here in this uh, manila envelope? Can we talk for a second about what a great audience we have? And I really don't mean that just because they give us stuff. That's really not the reason I'm saying it. That's just part of the the overall picture. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's great. Our audience is fantastic because of the connections they make between us and them and things in their lives. That they see certain things. Like you guys get this. Where you, you check your email and there'll be some insane story. And a guy says some, some variation on the phrase, I saw this story, Tim, and thought of you. Yeah. And it's always like the most vile, horrific story you could possibly imagine. Uh, and then they'll say, the Sarah, I knew that you would get a kick out of this story. And then it's something about people a... confuse my sense of humor with yours. Sometimes they tell me disgusting things. They're like, dude, this would be good for the show. It's totally, it's like about a baby being fed into a rock crusher or something. Like, oh. Sarah, I thought you'd enjoy this. So look what this guy has given us. The original 45 of DOA by Blood Rock. No. Look at that. On Capitol Records. With a flip side. Did I touch that? Who even knew that there was a flip side? Yes, there would have been back in those times. Who knows what the flip side is? Oh, jeez, I don't know. Okay. All right. I'm not going to tell you right now. Look at that. The 45 of DOA by Blood Rock. Oh, that is so beautiful. All right. Signed, um, uh, uh, let's see. Tim Riley is God. Thanks for listening uh, to this letter. Uh, Roger. So there you go. Thank you, Roger. You're a good person. Are you going to pin this to the Thank wall? You, 
Uh, with everything else. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna rip both of them as an MP3, uh, and then I'm gonna mount it on the wall here. Yeah, absolutely. Back when I was a youth, we used to tack 45s to our ceiling. Really, as decoration? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know what I what I think they ought to market to the kids? Tell me, Sarah. Tell me if you think this is the, the Jackpot Records guys ought to do this. Uh, you know those things that those yellow. I don't say swastika, but you know what I'm talking about. Those yellow things, the, the yellow 45 adapters yeah. you put in the middle of it. Uh, they ought to um, sell some sort of version of those as like a necklace, you yeah. know, like a pendant. Actually, they ought to yeah. make some sort of jewelry. My friends who run that uh, bar, my friend Joel, who uh -huh. calls in like that. Oh yeah, exactly. Like a, that's on like a beer cozy thing. Yeah. So yeah. But they ought to sell those like little versions as earrings or like a pendant. Like I would almost. They already do, Rick Emerson. And really, as do. as a thing, because I would almost oh, wear yeah. that. Like, if it didn't look girly, I would almost wear it something would look like that. It pretty girly. All right. Well, then maybe not for me, but for people. Yeah. I'm My sorry. question about 45s, though. Why is it that they just didn't use the same hole as they used for an LP with a 45 instead of making that bigger hole in the middle? That is a really good question. And here's the thing. I actually have a couple of 45s that have just the normal spindle hole. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it is a rarity. And I think they're almost always children's records. I have a couple of children's 45s where it's like... You know, Puff the Magic Dragon or something. Why and was the hole bigger than an LP? I don't know the answer to that. That's a good question. Well, somebody will know. Uh, all right. In any event, uh, so there you go. So there's the Blood Rock. Uh, thank you to that guy for that. Seems like I had some... Oh, speaking of back in the day and what I used to do when I was a kid and hey, hey, and whatnot. So, um, you know what I did this morning is I, uh, I was going to do this for yesterday and we didn't get a chance to get to it. I went through my uh, production demo reel this morning. Uh, it was like on a big-ass reel-to-reel tape, and I pulled off some truly horrific commercials that I voiced when I was about 17 or 18. Um, all of them awful. All of them kind of muddy-sounding now, but I went and cleaned them up a little bit. And first of all, I found the one working reel-to-reel machine here at CBS Radio Portland. It was over at the Coin Tower. But, of course, it only kind of works because nobody ever uses it, and so no one's ever... It's sort of like an American Airlines flight. It's just... It hasn't been repaired for the longest time. Um... And it just took me forever. God, you want to talk about a technology that seemed really cutting edge at one point and now isn't? But I went through these, Jesus, it must have been 45 or 50 different commercials of mine that I'd saved, thinking at the time that they were all gold. Like, they were all going to win me some kind of, you know, like, I was going to get some, some Clio award for them or whatever. Um, they're all terrible. Uh, but because I have no shame, I'll play some of them later on today. Um, and you can hear me either alternately... Pretending to be a lot older than I am, doing like a re at one point doing a bad hillbilly accent while I'm singing some parody of the Rawhide theme, I think, on one of them. I mean, it's awful. They're terrible. Um, well, usually that isn't your fault when you're first starting out because these consultants all want you to sound like somebody else. Totally. No, exactly. They, in my case, there was a specific, uh, like when I was at, at my first CHR station, uh, there was a specific DJ who worked there that was considered the gold standard for the Kennewick radio market, and they all wanted you to sound like that guy. That's ridiculous. No, it is true. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it really, and it never works. That's the other thing. Um, his name was Dangerous Dan, and the thing is, everybody was supposed to sound like Dangerous Dan. And don't get me wrong, I grew up listening to him. I thought well, meeting him was one of the the great thrills of my early life. Um, but I was just never going to sound like that guy, no matter how much I tried. And when you hear these commercials, all you hear is me desperately trying to sound like what I think a radio commercial announcer is supposed to sound like. Um, so uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of it for now, except to say this. Um, well, then we'll get like two calls, then we'll break. We'll come back with Lisa. It, and this is just a little personal message. You know, like in Dear Abby, sometimes they will do that. Uh, that thing where she's not answering a question, she's just doing like a one-way response, confidential to wondering in Wyoming. 
The answer is 75, or whatever. And you kind of wonder, like, what is that about? Uh, to whom was she responding with that? Here's a little confidential to everybody at Safeway. Quit asking me if I want to round oh. up for charity. You know I what? don't. I look the... them dead in the eyes and say, no, I do not. You know what I actually asked the other day? I was there buying something, and it was like... I wonder if you asked the same thing I did. It was $9.52 or whatever. She goes, do you want to round up? And I said, is this for children? And she said, yes. And I said, no. <laughs> Just like, and because I was hoping that that would make such a horrible impact, they would like never Maybe ask me look. again. But of course, the next time they don't, they don't know who I am. They, they don't recognize me. They talk to a thousand people a day. Now that they're going to recognize my name. They're not going to recognize Mr. Clay or Jerry Garcia, depending on which card I use. Uh, and so I come through and she's like, okay, Mr. Garcia, would you like to round up for... And I finally, I just said, you know, and what is your stock answer that you use when they ask you that? What do you say? Oh, I say, I say not today. That's my thing, too. Mm -hmm. Or I, I lie sometimes. I go, uh, you know, I did that earlier today, so uh, I'm good for now. Oh, I don't, I don't owe them anything. I, I give, I donate money to charities, and I, you know, I do whatever I can to help people. Um, no, what I say is when they first ask me, I'm just like, would you like to donate? I'm like... How long is this going to be going? And they say that they're like mid-May. I'm like, oh, great. And so I, I make sure that I have a dialogue with people so that they remember me next time. I, I almost feel like, and I don't mean to sound like a curmudgeon. I mean, it's not like I don't, I was going to say it's not like, I, I really don't give to charity. But I'm just saying, I, do that. I gave at the office. I didn't give at the office either. Um, I gave at home to my landlord. That's what I gave. I, gave to, I give to the power company and to buy groceries uh, for myself and my family. Um, so... But I almost feel like, like, don't you want to find some manager at Safeway and go, look, I know you want to help children, and I don't mean to be a dick, but this is really off-putting and uncomfortable. Because you either have to round up, in which case you feel like it's been extorted out of you, or you have to say no, in which case everybody behind you thinks you're an ass. You know what I mean? So I only, and plus, let's be honest, we all know that when this is over for whatever, I don't even know who they're helping this month, but when it's over, you know it's going to be something else. There'll be like a two-day waiting period, and then it's going to be for like spleen cancer or something. So, I'm just saying, year-round, they try to force me into being charitable, which I am not. I realize that really is like the most selfish rant ever, but I mean, come on. I don't think so. I think it's... Just if, put up a sign. If somebody chooses to be charitable, they don't need to be pressured into it. You know how they could do it. Here's how they could do it. Uh, you know, you go to Safeway. There's that little electronic pad where you put in your telephone number or you scan your rewards card or whatever it is. Uh, and especially if you're at a Safeway and you play, uh, pay with plastic... You, you slide your card through, and then you either got to put in your PIN, if it's a debit card, or if it's credit, you got to sign the little electronic pad. They ought to have the, uh, do you want to round up, on the electronic pad, on the credit card thing. So it's between you and the card thing. You know what I mean? So you either put, you slide your card in, and then it comes up where you sign, you put in your PIN, and they should have a little window that comes up that says, would you like to round up? Yes, no. And then you can either press the yes or no button. And it's between you and the card reader and your God. But see, then they couldn't guilt they couldn't guilt you, and that's what that's you know what those poor Safeway employees have to do. They don't want to do it. I bet. Would you like to know? I mean, as I would, how many of those uh, people who round up for charity have only done it because they have been guilted into it publicly? There's been some sort of public shaming in the Safeway line. I would bet fully half the people who round up for charity at any uh, supermarket have done it solely because they don't want to look like a jerk in front of the other people. All right. Well, we have no time to. It's we have just, to break. You just have to lose. Yeah, you have to lose that fear. No, no, I'm over it. I'm, I'm just, totally over it. And yeah. it, there'll be a lot of people in line, and they give me looks, and I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> Seriously. Like, don't judge <laughs> me. because I don't want to give my 48 cents to a charity that I don't know what it is. Doesn't make me a bad person. Well done, Sarah Dillon. Let's break here. Back yeah, after this, people. your phone calls: Lisa Desjardins, uh, Tim Riley, uh, top five, and uh, so forth. Stay tuned.
so great. Can we play it later? Yes. Yes, we absolutely can. Okay. I don't know why that came to mind. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, if you're on hold, hang tight. We'll get to your calls here in just a few. Ladies and gentlemen, now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show. CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Why, hello, how are you on this Thursday? I am doing well. How are you guys? Uh, are you really doing, are you doing, would you say, more well, more great, or would you say you're veering toward exceptional? Wow, I I'd say I'm doing well, which is which which I will take because it's it's a crazy day. So I'm I'm trying to you know I feel like I've had an attitude problem the last couple of weeks. So I think uh, I think I'm doing well. Wait, would you say that you have an attitude problem? Would you say too yeah. much attitude, wrong attitude, or just not enough? I would say bad attitude. I've had a bad attitude. Too much talking about Melrose Place. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Right, exactly. Now, about so, what have you had a bad attitude? Would you say? Well, you know, it's you know, it's hard when you've got the new boss Dan, and it's kind of it gets a little awkward, and we've never really met in person, and it it just and and he's trying really hard, but he he he's unfortunately uh, throwing assignments my way when I'm in the middle of you know four other assignments, and I'm kind of like and I'm try and I'm in that awkward place where you're trying to be nice, but I'm so clearly not being nice, but right. trying, and it's just ugh, it's awful. Well, let me just uh, would you like us to uh, have him spoken to? <laughs> I know people. I'm just I saying. Know. If somebody needs a little chin music, we can deliver that. That's all. It's the only point I'm going to make here. I will consider that. But, you know, my latest tact has actually been uh, trying to make strange references to various high school uh, lunchroom populations as jokes. I can't explain it, but it's working. Can you give us an example? Uh, well, you know, I had to tell Dan today, hey, because he and Tyler are not on the same page. They're kind of giving us, like, different assignments. And, and I, I said, hey, you know, uh, you know, maybe this isn't just you. Maybe it's because... All of us correspondents are like that goth kid in the corner, so maybe, <laughs> you know. So, so, so that's my tact. Okay, so you, so you are, so the correspondent, you would be like the uh, the girl named like Blackwood Raven Rose. Yes, the, that was my. And then the other day, I made a um, a, a kid at band camp reference as well. <laughs> so I'm I'm drawing on this on Excellent. the high school population to try and get through it all. Fantastic. Um, hey, I have a question. I don't know. This is one of those things that I'm supposed to know because. Because I guess we're here talking about current events and whatnot, and I, but I look here at the prep sheet and I realize that there's phrases that people use, and when they say them to me, I just kind of nod and go, yeah, exactly, and I don't understand at all what they're talking about. Can I ask you what what the phrase Jeffersonian democracy means? How is that different from like regular like store brand democracy? You know, this is a very good question. When I think about Thomas Jefferson, you think about someone who is more in favor of state rights, kind of agrarian economy, an, an, a democracy that is not so central. He, he was not a federalist, as opposed to John Adams, for those of you watching HBO right now. Uh, so you think of a more decentralized democracy, but I think that when it's brought up on the campaign trail, it's a reference to sort of populism, somebody who's in touch with the people, someone who cares about the little guy, and, and sort of this idea that the democracy should be made, that the people who are voting in Congress uh, should be regular citizens, should be representatives of what's really going on on the ground. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's exactly how Jefferson would describe a Jeffersonian democracy. It is in part, but that's specifically what that phrase kind of means on the campaign trail. It has to do with, hey, I'm rolling up my sleeves. I believe in the little guy. That's how it's used. But Jefferson had m much more uh, broad thoughts on democracy than, than just that. It is one of those things when you look at the entire quote where he says that as far as Iraq goes, he says that he's looking for, I'm quoting now, he's looking for a country that is at peace with itself and its neighbors and that has a government that is reasonably representative. And you sort of, 
you don't know whether to. I mean, you can really go one of two ways there, I guess, depending on who you are. You can either sort of admire him and say, "What well, you know, that's great. He's really he's he's swinging for the rafters there. He really wants to, you know, he's really trying to achieve the impossible dream and really make things uh, better and and really, uh, you know, roll roll the rock to the top of the mountain." Or you can just shake your head and just say, "Oh, you poor, poor misguided man." It really it does seem it it does seem like there are uh, certain things that are just not in the cards. And I hate to be such a pessimist about it, but um, I have a question for you, and this is something that actually came from CNN.com. And, okay. I, and, and so I, I'm not expecting to, to necessarily, like, know chapter and verse what I'm talking about, but just okay. this is something from CNN.com that Tim read uh, yesterday, and it sort of ties into what I just said about I just about not understanding the way certain things work. It says here that um, this year alone... Iraq is expected to earn approximately sixty billion that's with a B mm-hmm. sixty billion dollars in oil revenues this year alone. Mm-hmm. And then it notes but when it comes to the reconstruction of Iraq, US taxpayers are footing the bill. They've already paid nearly fifty billion dollars. So we have paid over the last I don't know, let's say three years, let's be charitable, three fifty billion dollars, and yet in this one year uh, Iraq is going to be earning $60 billion from oil revenues. So I guess I don't even really know what my question is except to say, like, WTF. Like, where is that money? <laughs> what, seriously, where, where is that money going? Is that is that going into some, some sort of like an Iraq rich kid trust fund that they're not going to be allowed to touch until their democracy turns 21? Or I There mean, are some very serious questions about where that money is going, and the truth is that it's not clear at all. As Iraq becomes more and more of an autonomous nation, to, to some degree anyway, uh, the U.S. Is, is doing two things. One, trying to back off of this reconstruction spending a little bit, not a lot, but a little. And at the same time, the U.S. really doesn't have the rights to look at, at the, the, sort of the, bank, the books, I guess, for Iraq. It's not entirely clear where the Iraqis are spending that money. Uh, and, and that is a huge complaint, not just here in Congress, but in Iraq itself. And, and, and now I think because this is we're hitting the fifth anniversary of the you know uh, takeover of Baghdad by American troops that kind of thing, and we're seeing these progress reports. It is a huge issue, and it's, I know that there are, are reporters in Baghdad trying to figure this out right now, but we don't have an answer. And it's something that is sparking all kinds of outrage upon outrage here at the Capitol, almost to kind of a crescendo level right now. I mean, the idea that you could somehow misplace sixty billion dollars uh, <laughs> is a little disconcerting. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It it does not fill one with great confidence. Uh, you know, for Petraeus' statement that he wants to have a government that's at peace with itself and its neighbors and is reasonably representative. If you don't know where sixty thousand million dollars has gone to well i'm not clear that they that they don't know where it's all gone i think they that there is a significant slice perhaps that isn't accounted for but i think the iraqis probably have a decent idea where some of it's gone in fact i mean think of it the iraqis recently have just passed sort of a rehabilitation law uh, to try and bring more of those Baathists, those folks that were in Saddam Hussein's political party, back into the fold. They're, they've got a lot of people to keep on the payroll as they try and uh, expand the Iraqi police force and the Iraqi army. They've got to keep all, all of the money going to pay those salaries. But that does not get you to $60 billion. And uh, there are still very uh, serious issues Basic issues, you know, um, a woman I worked with at the Associated Press, Lourdes Garcia Navarro, who's at NPR now, just did a report on how something like a burst pipe is 
is such a vastly complex topic. Uh, does the local, the guy in charge of the, that village, that corner, is he responsible for it? Is it the, the provincial government that's responsible? And as these dueling local governments uh, try and debate who has to pay for a, a broken pipe, it doesn't get fixed. So some of this money's in limbo uh, because of the problems in their government in general. Why do I get the feeling, we were just talking about Sarah going to Vegas tomorrow, I do get the feeling that if we were just to give Iraq to, like, Steve Wynn or somebody, that really you could come back in a year and that government would be absolutely solvent and deeply in the black. Just a theory. Um, I think it's a good and, and it would be a hot spot. Uh, well, uh, that's, a, that's what I'm saying. You'd have it, you know, and it, uh, it, the themes do themselves, really. Just. I mean, how much fun is being a terrorist? At some point, if you can go to a casino... Might you, might you reconsider Al-Qaeda? Well, you know, so you would think, but didn't the story come out where a bunch of the 9-11 guys went to Vegas in the weeks leading up to the, uh, to, to the, to the, the you know, the, to the attack? It's true, but nonetheless, it's uh, all those virgins awaiting them that I guess. I really do. I, I have said for the longest time that really, I do believe that if we could just, if we could just get planes flying over, uh, you know, that part of the world day and night, uh, just dropping like packages of Starbucks coffee cake and like an Xbox, I mean, really, uh, you know, you could come back in a year, year and a half, and I think things would be running more smoothly. That's what I was... I'm actually picturing, picturing those small planes that go along the coast when you're at the beach <laughs> and actually have the, you know, uh, free clam bar. Burma shave. With Burma, exactly. nine ninety nine all you can eat seafood. Really, that's what it is. The answer uh, to all of our problems in Discord on this is the 99 cent shrimp cocktail. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, before uh, we go here, Sarah's going to be gone tomorrow. Do you have uh, Vegas advice or suggestions, Lisa Desjardins? Oh, geez. Wow. Um, mini bottles, as I found out, they're very, so so good to have handy. So, okay. Now, have you heard anything about them stopping uh, vodka from going through the airport? Because that's a thing she lives in fear of every day. Wow. Um, I would imagine that's part of the overall Homeland Security uh, anti-liquid policy. So maybe as long as it's small enough, though, maybe, Sarah, you can... If it's uh, less than the three, ounces, three ounces or whatever. So you exactly. just get dozens and dozens of three ounces. That's what I do. Models. I just pack one of those little, like, the allotted size plastic baggies just full of vodka. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, are you on tomorrow? I'll be here. All right. Uh, let me just say, by the way, for the record, I found your attitude to be both convivial and refreshing. <laughs> so just like you can just FYI. Glad to hear. All right. Thank you, Lisa. Okay. Glad have fun, go. Sarah. All right, there you go. Oh, thanks. Sorry. Thank what did she thank say? Thank you, Sir I was listening. I was just so distracted. I've never heard Perez Hilton's voice, and I was listening to him. He is the most flaming man ever. You think? I don't know. I just He's so big and fat and ugly. Like, I thought that, <laughs> like there'd be a deeper voice coming out of him. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hey. Sarah. Hey. Hello. Possibly Tim. I don't Hello. Know. Okay. Hi. So, uh, this is a very delayed follow-up to uh, your top five from last week, Aaron's top five. Yes. The top five Weird Al originals. Yes, sir. Uh, which was fantastic, but I agree with you. Had some omissions. Uh, you had you mentioned the idea that uh, it would be interesting to see what had happened if he'd taken a different turn and gone into more of a straight pop. Well, just because he does have a great, uh, you know, people think of him as just a parodist. Uh, but if you know much about Weird Al, you listen to his original compositions. And Weird Al is an immensely talented arranger and musician. And especially with you, when you listen to the stuff that is, the, the, the things he's written from scratch, he's got an, a great ear for melody and a great sense of dynamic, yeah. Absolutely, I agree. I got what I think is a kind of interesting window into that when I saw him in concert last year. Uh, they start the show, they did uh, one song, two songs, they get about a half a verse into the third song, and all of a sudden Al starts waving his arms and, and, and interrupts and stops the band. And he says to the crowd, uh, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's no reason to do this song here. And then the band launches into this really faithful 
cover of Elvis Costello's Radio Radio. That's pretty great. And they played oh, it straight. They, awesome. They, it, was, it, was, it was really good. They played they played the whole song, like all you know, three and a half minutes or right. whatever. And then they went back and restarted the song they were about to do. I, I wasn't sure what that was about since it was, you know, he was sort of the... Uh... He'll surprise you every now and again. When I saw him in concert a few years back, he was doing that Nirvana parody, the Smells Like Nirvana. And they did the whole Smells Like Nirvana thing, and they had the cheerleaders, and then at the end of the song, they just did the the, cor- the regular chorus through straight one time for some reason. So wow. uh, it was pretty great. So yeah, he's but, coming here in August, by the way. He is, and 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 that's one that when I went online to, to 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 find out a little bit more about that to see if there, you know what what was up. The the consensus seems to be that uh, radio radio is right now like the band's go to song if something goes wrong, Fantastic. like the screens or the the sequences or whatever. And so he goes. He goes and does the full-on Saturday Night Live. Uh, uh, thing. That is genius. That makes me love that guy even so that, more. So that, that's one more thing you can ask him about when you get him in the studio. Thank Which you, sir. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we'll get Steve Kasten on in just one moment. I have to take this one because it's written in all caps, and it says, Carrie, and it's with nine exclamation marks, has a demand. What is your demand? Well, my demand is very simple. Uh, that uh, Eaglebird song, the uh, We'll Beat Again, it's very, it's a very uh, enhancing song, I guess, uh, but it's... Uh, there's wow. an original song is built uh, in about 1942 or thereabouts by an English lady that uh, that she sang that song uh, and uh, to all the troops going overseas and it's a very uh, very uh, well what, what am I what am I trying to say uh, it, it, it's if you think Engelbert's song is great it, you just will die over the lady's song. I can't think of her name, by the way. Thank you, sir. <laughs> With an argument on my belt, as was the style at the time. Timmy, we're going to talk during the break about screening. It's uh, it's not a pipe. It's a screen. All right. There you go. Um, wait, no, I could have done that better. It's not a what? It's, a, it's not a door? It's not a... What is it? It's not a, not a conveyor belt? No, I don't know what it is. Know, something. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm okay. I feel like my brain has suddenly gone into first gear, but that's okay. Um, how's how's life, brother? How are things? Pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not flying on American Airlines, so I've got nothing to complain about. Apparently, nobody's flying on American Airlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what is, I read this today that they canceled 900, what is this, more? 900 more flights or more than 900 flights total? 900 more flights today, over 1,000 yesterday, 450 the day before that, more it's, tomorrow. It's a dumb question. How many people is that? Do you know? Do you have well, any guess? It's funny you should ask. I actually did some research today. Uh, American Airlines says on average there's about 100 people on board these MD-80s on any one of the flights. Again, that's on average. So they figure this week so far about a quarter of a million people have been inconvenienced by these cancellations so far this week. Is that how they're putting it? Is that the euphemism of choice? They've been inconvenienced. Yes, that's mm-hmm. the word they're using. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, and is this... Now, some of the other airlines have sort of followed suit to some smaller degree, some small-scale step-downs. Is that for any real reason, or is it just because they want to make sure they don't get inadvertently screwed the way that American didn't have to do it all at once? Well, you know, uh, American...
American Airlines owns more of these MD-80s than any other airline. They have about 300 of them in their domestic fleet, so that's why they were hit so hard. Uh, some of the other airlines do fly this plane, but nowhere near in the same uh, numbers that American Airlines does, although uh, it's kind of hitting uh, Midwest Airlines hard, a, a smaller airline that, that hits uh, some very, very specific routes only, uh, but they do have several MD-80s in their small fleet, so it's hurting them as well. Uh, I think in Milwaukee, it's like their hub, but they service a lot of, uh, you know, cities in the Midwest, Chicago. Uh, I know I flew them out of Omaha actually once, and uh-huh. they come here to New York. So, uh, yeah, it's hurting other airlines too, but just nowhere near as bad as American. Possibly the only, maybe the silver lining here is that the other airlines will maybe get their act together a little bit and not, not let something reach this sort of nightmare crescendo. And also, if you're getting bounced from one of these flights, uh, I mean, you know, they're comping you probably, whatever. Well, what's going on is they're trying to rebook you first on an American Airlines flight. Now, if they can't find one that is actually taking off or one that is acceptable to you, then they look over at their partner airlines and try to get you on one of those flights. And if they can't do something for you there, then they start looking at airlines that they're not partners with. There may be some money involved in that. It's it's just not a pleasant situation to be in if, you're, if your flight is canceled. There's just nothing you can do about it. You feel hopeless on that, the ground there. That's and the thing. And it is an absolutely helpless feeling. Yeah, I mean, just what are you going to do? It's like they canceled my flight. I'm at their mercy. Yep, that's a, and then and then you just feel like Steve Martin and John Candy sitting there, uh, you know, sleeping on a satchel <laughs> at the airport while waiting for a flatbed truck to take you to Wichita. Best movie ever when it comes to travel movies. My favorite line in that movie, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, when they're walking down the highway and it's like freezing and uh, Steve Martin turns to John, uh, to John Candy and says, how cold do you think it is? And he goes, I don't know, one. Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. And the last one come out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. <laughs> That's another one, too. Yeah. All right. Thank you, my friend. If we don't, are we talking, are you on tomorrow? Are you uh, elsewhere? I'm, I'm taking a day because I have to work on Sunday to go to that uh, faith symposium in Pennsylvania where uh, Hillary and Barack will both be at. How fun for you. Uh, yes. All right. Uh, so we will then uh, speak with you, I guess, on Monday. Yeah, I'll speak uh, to you then. All right. Enjoy your weekend, sir. So long, folks. Thank you, my friend. There you go. Steve Kasterman, ladies and gentlemen. Rick, you just made a passing reference to your Safeway card being Jerry Garcia. Uh, that's awesome. He said, And this is from, um, let's see, this is from uh, our friend Aram, who is... Um, but I do believe deeply, deeply white. He says, mine is Mayuka Yamaguchi. <laughs> it's hilarious to see the cashiers puzzling out my name, Mr. Yamaguchi, especially uh, since I'm a uh, Anglo-Saxon, Scotch-Irish, you know, white guy. So that's fantastic. Uh, would you like some water? Uh, would I you like to break? Water. No, I'm okay. Sorry. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know if you had no, a liquid over there. <clears throat> I do. I don't know what is going on. You're not swelling, are you? No. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, we have a, uh, I think we have an update on Richie Bristol's uh, condition. Um, do you want to do it over the screen, or do we want to uh, have Timmy Ryan come into the studio? Just bring him in. <laughs> like you close your eyes, and you're gritting your teeth, and they're like they're about to do some sort of painful amputation. Uh, Timmy Ryan, I have no sounder for you. i got to replace like half my sounders because I forgot to back them up uh, before the IT department upgraded my computer. Uh, let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Barack Obama! Our good friend, Timmy Ryan. Hello, sir. You actually do have a sounder for me. You just don't use it. What is it? Remember Paul Roberts from Sniffing the Tears saying that I'm a pimp? How could I forget? Yes, no, that's upstairs on my desk. You're right. I, See? What was I thinking? Uh, so what is the, the latest with the, the swollen Richie Bristol? Oh, well, Richie just texted me saying that he has to have a root canal. 
No way. So is that yeah. like a was it? So why would I don't know, I don't even really so know what a root canal like an is. Infection and it started. Yeah, he, when I came in here yesterday to do all my stuff, he was not looking good whatsoever. The whole you know what was it? Right or left side of his mouth completely swollen up. Yeah, it was that the right side of his face had just completely puffed up. Right, and that's what happens when you don't take care of your teeth. So what is a here's a dumb question. What is a root canal? What actually does that mean? They actually I think they have to go into the root and it's like a cavity in the root of your teeth. Or and is that like a specific teeth, like your wisdom teeth, or is it in any of your teeth? I think that could be in you know, any of your teeth. That basically happens after you don't brush and floss for a long time. Richie Bristol. So kissing Richie would be like tissy, uh, kissing kissing uh, like a tartar factory. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's, really like, that's really that. funny. Are you sabotaging your fellow Coon Squad member? <laughs> Should I brush? No, Richie, well, it's fine. Him Go to and sleep. I had stuff going on after the show today, so it kind of really F's my schedule up, too. Uh, what I... are we going to do? Oh, Go to a booby bar? No, no, him and I and uh, Adam had a uh, had a thing we had to go do. So uh huh. Uh, so anyway, so he is getting a root canal today. So he yes. just, Well, that's weird that it just came out of nowhere, though, because I think he was fine. Uh, what is yesterday? Wednesday? I think he was fine Tuesday night, and he said he woke up, I think, Wednesday morning. Completely swollen. Yeah, that'll just happen. It's kind of like a volcano. It's just ready to blow, and that's what happens with the tartar, just ready to blow. It's just built up for so long. Richie Bristol, ready to blow. Uh, so, in any event, uh, all right, so, and then uh, looking here, I do see an email from Richie Bristol where he says, uh, I just picked up some Vicodin. Well, so are they done already? Interesting. Oh, going to pick up Vicodin. Well, let me open this email and see what he says here. Um... Go ahead and post the picture of me. I think we already had. Oh. Uh, and he says, I'm going to pick up Vicodin. All right. Well, we'll check in with him later. Is he it, coming back? Uh, you know, he will. He, I, I would imagine not, if, if only because it sounds like he's going to be on a bunch of Vicodin. Richie, go rest, man. Driving after a bunch of Vicodin is a bad idea. Richie's driven that after a lot more, though. Yeah. you. Don't call your boy out. That's a... <laughs> You mean it? You mean when he's high on life? Exactly. exactly. After, right. you know, after, you know, he's been rambunctious for a while. Yes. Timmy Ryan, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, back after this, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, uh, we will talk to Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Top five songs by which you can stalk Sarah Dillon, Glorious Bastard of the Week, and all that. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Trying desperately to help the... No, nothing. I don't deserve to live. I'll do it my radio Great idea. Who wants to hear it? Oh, I do. Oh, boy. Anywho, uh, so the great idea is this. Maybe it's not such a great idea. I think it's a pretty good idea. So this should be something uh, that, like, uh, TMZ or maybe some less scrupulous site does, and it would be called, it's a website called Celeb GPS, and the deal is a paparazzi photographers, whoever, uh, feed their locations in to some sort of real-time server, and then you can go to a website at any moment, and with little icons, see where celebrities are in the country. Oh, that's kind of similar to, like, Gawker Stalker. What is that? See, I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's um, Gawker.com. Gawker Stalker is, um, if you see a celebrity anywhere, uh-huh. like, you can uh, either, like, text message it or right. send it to this website, and it pinpoints the location of where it is. You can be like, just saw George Clooney getting out of a cab of a Oh, okay, so this would be like that. Yeah. And you try to do you try to do it maybe real time, 
to where, like, at, like as TMZ is following somebody around, like, as mm-hmm. they're following Brad Pitt, the little icon sort of moves. See, that's the problem that Gawker Stalker actually had because um, celebrities were trying to sue them because they said it was an invasion of privacy since people could get there, you know, in a second. Right. Interesting. All right. Well, never mind. All the good things have already been done. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So I just checked the billboard at uh, PBX, and it looks like all airlines are on schedule except for American Airlines, which has canceled just about everything today. Jesus. Uh... The things that are still going on are arrivals. One from uh, Chicago, and let's see, another from New York, and another from Chicago. Other than that, you can't leave here on American Airlines. You know, the, the thing about it is, uh, this is one of those uh, ripple effect things, or whatever the phrase is I'm looking for, where this is going to continue to F them long after this problem is solved. Because yeah. really, anybody who's been bumped from one of these, and not, not even bumped, bumped is actually, anybody who's just been told they can't fly, mm-hmm. Uh, do you think any of those people would ever, you know, the next time you go to book a flight, do you think you're going to pick American Airlines? Uh, the answer to that would be no. The same thing happened to JetBlue a few months ago. Oh, yeah. Well, because JetBlue is that place in Boston. And the thing about JetBlue is that's how quickly the worm turns because they were that airline that was consistently and constantly ranked, and probably fairly so, still as the single best airline to fly because they, you know, they, they, they take great care of you and you're pampered and whatever. But that one incident where they screwed those people on the tarmac for like nine hours. Uh, you know, it's like one bad incident like that undo- undoes a lifetime of good intentions. So uh, American Airlines is going to continue to feel the repercussions of this, I would imagine, oh, forever. And we have uh, one Alaska Airlines canceled. It is the 245 arrival from San Francisco, flight 345. And that is the sole Alaska cancellation. Other than that, Alaska's back in business. American Airlines is not. So that's it for now. So let's talk about uh, blind people and hybrids, shall we? The National Federation for the Blind is pushing a bill... That could have a big impact on Portland because I guess there are a lot of hybrids here. The aim of the proposed law is to protect blind people and other pedestrians from the dangers of quiet cars, which would include hybrids, I would imagine. Uh, This measure will be introduced in Congress this week. It would require the Transportation Department to establish safety standards for hybrids and other vehicles that don't make noise. So they're going to have to have some audible squeaking or bird tweeting or... (laughs) Whatever they <laughs> or just a klaxon. Yeah. <laughs> Every <Ga-oonga>. <laughs> Okay, that's really funny. Mm-hmm. If we were a morning show, we'd just do a whole bit right now about uh, what should the sound be. Uh, now, of course, in my head, that's exactly what I want to do. Uh, has anybody here driven a hybrid? No, but I was thinking of buying one with the gas prices going up the way they are. You know, uh, Laura and I are back at that back at the stage again. We're thinking about getting because you know we've got our our Ford, which we love. Uh, and we have that truck, which serves us pretty well, but it's like a thousand years old and has like a million miles on it. And you know, Toyota's kind of run forever, so it's it's not a thing of like waiting for it to die because it's a Toyota; it will never die. They are the zombies of cars. It's just going like to keep. Volvo. Yeah, no, it's just going to run forever. Um, but it's an old truck, and uh, it it gets bad gas mileage. And so, uh, you know, like any time any of us has to drive anywhere, like if she goes to the to the gorge or if I go out to Vancouver or something, it's always going to be like, ah, I got to swing by and trade you the truck for the car because you can't be driving that truck anywhere. You're just going to go broke. So, we are, after having bought our first new, I mean, we, really, at the age of like thirty something, we bought our first brand new car a couple years ago. Um, and so now we're at the, the, the place of buying another vehicle, and we're thinking about maybe going with a hybrid because when we first looked at them, they had just come on the market, like that Honda Civic or whatever it was, and it was just a, it was, it was just not oh, very the good. Prius. Yeah. Well, it wasn't the Prius. It, it was wasn't the, the Prius. It was the Civic. Oh, okay. um, 
It was either the Civic or the Accord, which they subsequently stopped making. Um, and it just was not a very – we had no problem with it being a hybrid. It just wasn't a very good car. Like, it, it was so early in the hybrid – uh, in, you know, the, the rollout of those cars, it, it, it wasn't very customizable. It didn't like it. Didn't you know? You couldn't get like a good stereo and whatever. And if you're going to buy a brand new car, especially one that costs a lot, like a hybrid does, you want it to be a car you enjoy riding. Yeah, in. hybrids are like twenty one thousand. Yeah, I which mean, is probably stripped down. I would imagine. That was that was the thing, and this was even more. That was like twenty six grand or something. And you, it's like a twenty six grand. And by the way, it's you know, it's like no radio and no heater. And we were just like, well, no, we'll we'll wait. Um, Anyway, so the point is, we're, now that they've come come a little ways, you know, in the development of the car, we're thinking about getting one. But I drove one for the first time the other day. There was somebody in our back parking lot, and our back parking lot pro, uh, parking is sort of at a premium, and so yeah, uh, people often have to double or triple park. And then throughout the day, people sort of come into the building and they go, "Hey, uh, who has the green Cressida? I need to move that, you know, and whatever." So I had been blocked in by a Prius. It was some street teamer who had gone out to an event, so I had to move the guy. I went to Beck, and I said, hey, who's the Prius? And she's like, oh, it's so-and-so. Here's the key. And I know that this is such a cliche at this point because everybody who's driven a Prius has said this, but it was the weirdest experience. So, so does it start up and go, eh, 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 eh. Yeah, and first of all, there's no key. That's the weird thing There's no key. It. There is no key. There is a, uh, you know, like on your, um, you know, like on your keychain, there's a little black square that controls the alarm. You know, there's the regular key, and then there's like the little... You know, whatever the little the little black push button thing that turns the alarm on and off. That's with the Prius. That's all there is. There is no actual metal key. It's just the little black uh, push button thing. And so you get to the car, you open the lock with the you know the little push button. You get in, and literally it's like uh it's like with um I don't know, like on the Macintosh or something. There's just a big a big start button. There is just a big on button on the dashboard. Does it go clong? No, it doesn't make it. That's the Wait. weird thing. It makes no noise at all. The only way that you even know the car has started is the dashboard illuminates. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. So I'm sitting in the car, and I press the big on button, and the dashboard goes and lights up. And it did kind of feel like you were in a spaceship because suddenly you were aware that the car had engaged. Because, again, all the lights turned on. I think the radio came on or something. But it makes no noise at all. And I think it only uses – I have so little understanding of how hybrids work. Dennis is actually going to stop in later. I might ask him this. But the, I think the deal is it only uses the gas engine when you get above a certain speed or something. Or maybe you need extra – or like if you're going to go – Yeah, maybe it can't pull you up over a big hill. A hill. I think, yeah. Like Sylvan? Sylvan I, Hill? I think, yeah, if you have to accelerate really quickly or you have to go up an incline, I think that's when the engine kicks in. But for just normal, low-level driving, it's just a battery. And so the car is there, and, and I actually did that. I did the dumb thing of, like, double-checking. Well, that doesn't seem like it's on. I, and I suddenly felt really old, like my, uh, you know, like my mom trying to figure out how to use, like, a cell phone or something. Um, or, you know, trying to figure out where to put the tape into the TiVo. And so I backed up the car, and it was so bizarre to press down on the gas. And the car's moving, and there is zero noise. I mean, I don't mean, like, little noise or quiet. It's dead silent. It was really, really weird. And it was the same way when we test drove that Civic a few years ago, just pulling up to a stoplight and just nothing. And then you press the gas and suddenly you're moving and you realize how linked in your head sound is to experience. And how it's, you, you got to think that it's almost one of those things where the, people would not drive it because they would find it unnerving. So I found it really weird. And it never even occurred to me that you could mow down a blind person because they wouldn't hear the car coming. Yeah. I never, that really is something they, I hate to say this, but we all know that this is true. That's something apparently that, uh, that I, I would almost guarantee they've learned from experience. Mm -hmm. 
I don't think anybody thought about that. But if you go back and look in police records, let's say three, four months back, I'll guarantee you there's some blind people that have been run down. But, but it goes to show that there has to be some noise that's familiar to people. Uh, uh, for instance, would be when real to real tape was replaced by digital. And if you were going back to the beginning of your digital cut, it made a noise like a reel going around, yep. like in the old days, to tell you that it's actually doing something. Yeah, the, the, the actual, the, the dat, if you were, and I always say dat tape, and I know it's wrong, but when you rewind a dat, you're right, it does make that sound. Because old people. So like us. <laughs> exactly. No one's actually doing so, something. Because otherwise I'm sitting there going, it doesn't appear to be moving. I can't. Uh, I'm a pimply-faced teenager. Who can explain <laughs> to me what this thing is doing? Um, get me Timmy Ryan. Uh, or here's another example. Um, another example of that is, wait, what was the other example? Oh, the other example is when computer keyboards first came out, like for the original IBM PC. And a lot of people don't remember the original IBM PC. The original IBM PC, the keyboard made no noise. It was an absolutely silent keyboard. Uh, and they found that people, especially people who were typists for a living, secretaries and people who used uh, keyboards all day long, they couldn't handle it because they were unclear that they, their brain somehow wasn't convinced that they were actually typing. And so that is why when you get a keyboard now, it, you know, it makes noise mm -hmm. because when it was a silent keyboard, they found that people, were, people kept having to look down, look at the screen, double check to make sure that they were actually making contact with their fingers. All right. Well, I have a feeling a few other people are going to be run over because they're asking for a two-year study to find out why is it that blind people are being run over by cars that don't make any noise. Well, you know, here's the thing, though, is I mean, I can't... It's a real brain twister there. I mean, I hate to put it on the blind, but I mean, because uh, that seems well, the, cruel. Well, the person in charge of the study is Wade Newton. <laughs> really? W-A-D-E. We should call him and make fun of him because I bet that's brand new. Um, Wade Newton. He's being assisted by Clarence Ditlow. <laughs> Wait, no. Are they both being assisted by Alfreda Van Bladel and Felina Spleens? No. <laughs> I wrote those names down the other day. Um, so, Wade Newton. Is that like when a Vegas entertainer has a head cold? Hello, I'm Wade Newton. I got uh, an email from a Tanya Harding yesterday. Uh, I know who that Tanya Harding is. Yeah. Uh, do you know the story with her? No. Uh, just as a side note, uh, speaking of Wade Newton uh, and Tanya Harding, so we have a listener, uh, and I, I was going to say I apologize for giving out her name, but it's Tanya Harding. What are you going to do? Uh, we have a listener named Tanya Harding, obviously not the Tanya Harding. Here's a little fun fact. Um, by sheer coincidence, she used to listen. She used to live in Salt Lake and listen to me there. And she emailed me one day in Salt Lake, and she's like, hey, I know you love Tanya Harding. I'm another Tanya Harding, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward years later, here I am in Portland. She emails me out of the blue because she'd been transferred up here. So she's not one of those people who's been listening to me for like a decade. If I did my research and she was at, uh, had a different middle initial. Yeah, yeah, no, I think she added that deliberately. So I could tell, in yeah. In some vain attempt so for people to not go, huh, Tanya Hart, don't hit me, you know, or whatever. Um, and I think I asked her one time, I'm like, you know, it was like a Michael Bolton thing. I said, what? Why don't you just change your name? And she's like, I had it first. F her. Um, but the hybrid thing, so I had to put it back on the blind because they've already been hit with the bad stick once by being, you know, blind. But you, what can you, what can you do? You can't, you can't have the car just constantly chirping or something as you go down the street. Could you put like a cow catcher on it, like a train? <laughs> I suppose that'd be fun. Just a big rubbery broom on the front, just spoons the blind people like out a, of the way. Some long thing like a back scratcher. I mean, on the side of it, protruding, uh, or maybe like. Uh, uh, you know, or maybe just uh, sort of, you know, like catfish have those um, 
those whisker things on the front. Maybe just have those coming just off the side. Just something to poke them, not hurt them. <laughs> we don't want to hurt the blind, only poke them. Because hybrid owners aren't going to have... They're not going to tolerate having their car equipped with some weird shrieking thing on the top that just, you know, that, <laughs> that plays like a gauga thing every time. Like an ice cream truck. <laughs> yeah, especially especially because um, because it wouldn't just be a thing that, that happened when you accelerated the car. It would have to be going all the time, right? Right. Like it wouldn't just play It's a Small World on the Calliope like at Disneyland. <laughs> Can you imagine? A, can you imagine a street full of 700 cars all playing "It's a Small World" at the same time? Wow, that's like—I almost want to make that the law just so I can see that world. May I speak with Wade Newton? I have a little advice for you. That's like—that's like that episode of Futurama where they do the "What Ifizer" or something, where you can say like, "What would happen if?" and then it shows you. If every single car in America had to play "It's a Small World" at top volume any time the car was on. Oh, that's wonderful. I love this show. All right, fantastic. Well, here's well, Tim Riley. what people are really thinking about. <laughs> well, I mean, because that if you're... what we're really thinking about. Because <laughs> I can almost understand, like if you said, well, look, we got to put something on the car, and when you, uh, when you go from idle to, you know, accelerate for the first five seconds, it's going to ding or beep or something. Um, but that wouldn't really work, because if a blind guy needs to hear the car all the time, theoretically... Because if you blow through a red light or there's some drunk driver goes through a stoplight, the blind guy's got to be able to hear the car coming. <laughs> Otherwise, imagine the weirdness of being a blind guy, though, when you're there, and then all of a sudden, out of the boot, literally with absolutely no warning, there's a thing that weighs 3,000 pounds hitting you. How about some ear-piercing noise only audible to a blind person? Is there any such hey, thing? Hey, well, you know what? When they're blind... Oh, like the ringtone? I do yeah. believe when you're blind, Tim, I've been told your other senses come alive. So... That now see that's not a half bad idea. You ought to get a government grant like right now. All right. I bet if you <laughs> go do it. I bet if you applied to the government, you could get some money right now to be researching that. I do. I wonder though, do the blind hear different frequencies than we do, or is it just that they hear uh, normal frequencies but better? How about something built into one of those sticks that can tell a car that is vibrates coming. vibrating stick. Okay, no, 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 that's a really good idea. No, 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 no. These, these ideas are getting better. See, aren't Sarah's they? laughing, but this is a great idea. Um, no, tell me more about your vibrating stick idea. Well, it makes sense. Um, so, you know, blind people have the white cane, right? Yeah. They have the white cane. You know, your cell phone vibrates, so they can make things very small now that vibrate. Blind people have the white cane. You put a chip in hybrids, and you put a chip in canes for the blind. And when one of them gets within 100 feet of the other... The, the white cane vibrates. What if they're out with their... by itself? Yeah. What if they forget their cane at home? Well, that's their problem. Then really, honestly, if you're a blind guy and you don't remember to bring the one thing that keeps you from being hit by a car, that's Darwin. I mean, really, honestly. It's like analog TVs being out of date. Exactly. You have to get one to pick up that, the That's the thing. And you know what? Uh, and, and I have no complaint with this, but the government uh, provides things like that to people who can't afford it. If you're, if, you know, if you're legless, the government gives you a wheelchair. Fine. If you're blind, the government probably gives you a cane. All kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, if, you, I mean, if you're disabled, the government does. I mean, they do take care of you, contrary to some, you know, it's not a perfect system, but they do take care of people to some degree. So that's the deal. They put a transmitter, a small transmitter in hybrid cars. And they put a small receiver in the handle of a blind person walking cane. They give them a little zap. Yeah, and it <laughs> and it jabs pins into the palms of their hand. Uh, and then it vibrates when a hybrid is near. Okay, here's the thing. That's such a good idea. Mm -hmm. No fooling. You really ought to, like, you want to call that 1-800-INVENT? 
line where Andrew Goldberger, whoever it is, like, are you an inventor? Huh. <laughs> or do you know? What's it? Just trying to invent a lost cat magnet. That kid that we had on the PSA? <laughs> yeah. What is that phone number? Or would you know somebody who would like to have an idea package and submit it to industry? You I know, listen to it. I've probably heard that commercial 100,000 times, and I don't know the number. We should ask Lacey. I think she runs that PSA. Oh, she might. All right. We should. I'm going to go ask Lacey Turner during the break. And I'm going to call up right now. How do we How do we do something with that idea? How do we do We get it patented. But, I, I mean, how do we do that? Do you know how to do that? No. I've, I've had to copyright. I've never invented anything before. No. I've trademarked and copyrighted. I've never patented. Look, I'm all. I'm taking ownership of the idea. <laughs> no, 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 Tim. We ought to patent it. You no, and I. We can share it 50-50. Thank you. Oh, you heard it. That's an oral agreement. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm, seriously, I'm writing that down. The vibrating braille stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny name, too. Vibrating. That is such a good idea. It really is. You bet. And not just one of those, like, I'm stoned and I think it's a great idea ideas. All right. You, man, you should, I mean, that's it. You've earned, you've earned your keep for the next decade. That's fantastic. So what do we do now? Um, I don't know. Should we just stop the show and play a best of and <laughs> rush <laughs> to the patent office? <laughs> rush to a lawyer? <laughs> um, let's see here. Nobody else better steal our idea. Don't have any last cat magnet. Uh, all right. God damn, it's 1230. Where does the time go? Well, clearly it goes to genius inventions. It does. The brain of Tim Riley. Uh, I wonder what else is lurking in that head of yours. I don't know. We'll other, see what else we have to cover here? Other billion-dollar ideas there. All right. Uh, let's see here. Now people are calling about blind people and hybrids. I wonder if we've exhausted it. Mm. I don't there? think so. All right. Well, uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Howdy, Rick. Uh, yeah, that is an excellent idea. That That's what has. I'm saying. Probably the property of a CBS radio, usually it's who you work for, that gets to patent it. I don't think the guy who made Post-its uh, made a lot of money on no, that No, 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 no. This, uh, this is an idea Tim had this morning while he was making a bagel. Makes sense. He's it's simply broadcasting idea. it here on CBS. Tim had the idea before he was ever on CBS property this morning, I'm sure. Isn't yeah. that right, Tim? Yes. See? Be, be handy, too. The uh, teenagers get to know that uh, the hippie mom's coming home uh, as well. They'd, uh, it could fall into uh, the wrong hands. It could fall into the hands of the commies. Yeah, or um, but you can't overestimate the uh, sensitivity of uh, Prius owners. They'll probably just be playing It's a Small World. I wanted to let you know I had uh, remembered a story about uh, industrial design where you got to invent uh, things with noises in them, otherwise people can uh, damage themselves. And it was the uh, it was the electrical like the carving phrase, knife. You can damage yourself. You know, most well, people you gotta, would say hurt yourself or injure yourself. I like the phrase, you can damage yourself somehow. You're, you're saving people from their own stupidity, and, and it was the electric carving knives. you remember those uh, units? Yes. Uh, that yes. would uh, oh, yeah. cut through just about anything. Well, when they first made them, Including they, made their absolute, own cord. they made absolutely no sound when they first made them. I studied this in an industrial <laughs> really? design class. Let's, yeah. make a, let's make a high-speed electrical knife that makes no noise <laughs> so you and, never know when it's it, on. It was invisible. No one knew when it was on. No, no, no. Just hand it to me by the handle. It'll be fine. A huge, a huge number of people got it as a gift, turned it on, and then seeing nothing happen, placed it against their palm of their hand, oh. neatly, neatly amputating all four fingers. Oh, that's oh. fantastic. I had mean, to redesign it to make it me. a buzzing, rattling noise uh, <laughs> just so that wouldn't right happen. Right now, the but... knife only seems to make a screaming, blood-curdling sound. Hold yeah, on. Is I it thought... on? Ah! I thought you'd appreciate that, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That really is great. The best thing of today, and in fact the year, is Tim's vibrating Braille stick idea. This call, though, is a close second. That's wonderful. Thank you. All right. Well, 
appreciate it. Best show ever. Bye now. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, my dad had one of those knives, and uh, I don't know why they made those knives with a cord. And doesn't that scream, this ought to be battery-operated? I mean, if you have, like, a high-speed electrical carving knife with a metal blade, doesn't it seem like that ought to be a thing you don't plug into the wall where you can, like, neatly slice through the the cord itself? I mean, what do I know? But really. Uh, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, Rick. So hey. I hate to uh, burst your bubble on the vibrating cane idea, but... You can't, it, sir. It's unburstable. Wouldn't it be necessary for the person with the cane to know in what direction the vehicle approaches from? Well... Maybe. In a deluxe model, perhaps. I mean, that's that's the upscale. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the upsell, where it vibrates fast for left and it vibrates slow for right. Forward, backward. That's not, what I'm saying. Here. You can find it. Really, no, that's, see, but this is how they do it, right? They sell the original model where it simply vibrates if it, like a proximity alarm. They say, okay, here's why this is such a great idea. Because you could make, you could manufacture this, like, today with existing, um, not ingredients, but what do you call it? it things already on the market. Again, cell phones vibrate. Uh, all kinds of electronic devices already vibrate or buzz or whatever. There are already all kinds of proximity detectors on the market. I mean, how do you think our key cards let us into the building? It's because it lets you. It's because it knows you're standing in front of the door. All of these things already exist. You just got to stick one in a cane and one in a car, and you're gold. So, but then, but we sell the original version just has a proximity alarm, and then later. Uh, you patent and then sell to the government and to blind folk uh, a deluxe version that has a series of alarms and different vibrations, not unlike different cell phone rings, depending on from, from where your doom is coming. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. On the, uh, on the hybrid tip, though, uh-huh. uh, buying a hybrid, This, uh, if you're an environmentalist, you care about the environment. I don't. And you want to buy a car, it's, it's tough now. There's a guy from MIT. I don't want to start a debate here, but... There's a guy from MIT that released a study saying the carbon footprint of a Toyota Prius is actually larger than the carbon footprint of a Hummer H2 uh, due to the production of the batteries. Yeah, but I don't care uh, about the environment. Well, then lucky you. Yeah. Um, also, with hybrids, you have to take them to specialty service shops, and they're running into all kinds of difficulties involving all, servicing all hybrids. Okay. And dangers, and, and they don't know what's going on as far as what the future of the service of those things is going to be. Yeah, but you know what? Everything that works went through a period of time when it didn't. So you're right. You're right. But and you, you know what? I, early I, adopter, you're going to pay for it. You know what? And here's the thing. I got a car. You know what they got for cars? It's amazing. They have these things called mechanics. You know why? Because these things we have cars, they break all the time. It's amazing. That's true. Now right. then, you look at biodiesel. No, we're really not going to look at that. That's a whole other. Yeah, that's a yeah, whole other. You that's let a, him, like, make three points. You know, I know. I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. We have to move on. Wow. Boy, that was, he was one of those, you could tell it in his voice, too. He was one of the, Rick, I hate to burst your bubble about this global warming myth. Well, those are one of the, that's one of those guys you can't have a discussion with. He's just going to state his points, and then that's Point five, Rick. <laughs> Subsection Q. Uh, are we breaking? Yeah. Let me get break. Tim's genius took so much time to not to break. Excellent. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Back after this, don't go anywhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. All right, everyone is now acknowledged this idea is genius. Quick scan of the email, Tim, confirms your brilliance. So I need to speak with a bad scientist somewhere. <laughs> to turn this into a reality. Yes. Aging Matt Green. Uh, all right. 
503-733-2970. Somebody's also saying that line extension, uh, which means you take a product and then you create variations on the theme. You could also create some sort of a uh, chip that goes into the harness of a guide dog. So that if a guide, so it vibrates and alerts the dog to the presence of traffic. If the dog maybe isn't, a, you know, because dogs got bad eyesight, uh, but they can, you know, they can hear a lot of things. But, a, you know, hybrid uh, rolling down the street making no noise, you might need some sort of vibration to alert the guide dog that there are hybrids about. All right. This is really a truly fascinating idea. It is. All right. Here's Jim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, there are other things going on. Uh, Sheriff Evinger in uh, Klamath County says an Interfer Pacific sawmill employee was uh, working on a debarker this week. When, oh. Yeah. Uh, investigators found that uh, James French was clearing wood debris from the machine when he was crushed by a 2,000-pound roller. Uh, he was a temp. It's unclear whether or not the... Uh, Oh, where he was living at the time of his death. So uh, I guess the sawmill uh, got a $2,500 fine after a log truck driver was uh, killed there. So who knows what's happening. A debarker. A debarker. Of all the things. But he wasn't killed by the debarker. He was cleaning the debarker when a 2,000-foot roller came by and rolled over him. Maybe I don't even really. Maybe I don't understand the inner workings of a sawmill. I don't think I ever want to. No. (laughs) Maybe I could live the rest of my life without knowing. Mm -hmm. Because, first of all, I was going to say, of all the things that I could be killed by, um, and they are legion, a debarker is sort of at the top of the list of things that I would wish to avoid. I don't wish to die by being debarked. Um, also, what kind of a sawmill is it while, while cleaning one piece of equipment, a 2,000-pound piece of other equipment can just come by and, like, clip you? That seems like a badly designed factory, but I'm well, just... Yeah, I bet that they're trying to save on employee labor costs. <laughs> By having one guy operate the whole sawmill by himself. By reducing the number of temps. Yes. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Because they said he was a temp. Yes. Then another tragedy. A Central Oregon boy was struck and killed by a boulder while playing near a quarry. Uh, he was uh, taken by relatives after get, being uh, rolled over by the boulder the other night. The boy and his 10-year-old brother were playing in an area of boulders. He fell when he tried to climb a rocky slope, and then the boulder rolled out. So, kids, please. Uh... Plans for jet boat races on the Willamette and Santiam Rivers on Memorial Day have been canceled after public outcry against them. Members of the Southern Oregon Power Boating Association have withdrawn a bid to close portions of the river around Corvallis. Eugene and Lebanon would host World Championship jet boat races and one of the busiest weekends of the summer. Uh, but people don't want them around, so they're not going to have them after all. So here is every dog owner's worst nightmare. You go pick up the dog from the kennel. It seems like it's your dog. All of a sudden you get home and... Wait a minute, this isn't my dog after all. This happened with a black Labrador retriever wagged its tail at Ken Griggs Lake Oswego home. Uh, there's one problem. When they picked him up for the kennel, the kennel people gave him the back the wrong dog. Uh, they brought it to the tail wagon in Dundee, and apparently what happens is when you bring any dog to a kennel, they always take its collar off. Is yeah. that true? Yes, mm-hmm. for safety reasons. Why? So it doesn't choke or something? Yeah, because the dogs are unattended, and they can't watch them all at once. But every time I brought my dog to a kettle, uh, they always take, took the collar off. Or a Muppet, whenever he gets groomed, um, they take his collar off. Does that mean I shouldn't let him have his collar on at home? Well, I mean, no. I typically don't, but sometimes, like, like and I take him on the leash, sometimes I take the whole collar off when we come inside, but sometimes I just unsnap the leash. So... Is it so? Is it unsafe to see? Now I'm all wondering about Max. Is it is it unsafe to have his collar on like all the time? Well, no, no, no. It, it's just in a kennel. 
Oh. In the kennel atmosphere, he's in an unfamiliar atmosphere. Right. So that's just one more thing that can hurt the dog. Interesting. I, that seems... I take Muppet's collar off in case he gets attached, because he, he can get attached to the most random things, like the like edge of fence. his kennel yeah. or you know, like anything in, so, in the kitchen. So do they? But how do they then identify the dogs? I mean, like at a like at a place that doesn't mix them up. How do they do? They put like foot tabs or something, tags or something on them. Well, I, I guess not. Well, they they'll uh, note what number of kennel they're putting them in. And then just hope that there isn't some mass prison break that happens, because then I, I you'd be effed. Yeah, but most dogs have microchips. Oh, that's true. Max has a chip. So, all right. No, no, fair enough. All right. So, apparently, uh, these people went, went to pick up the dog, brought it home. They thought it was theirs. But the dog was enthusiastic to see the family. <laughs> and its habits and mannerisms are also different. Here it has been broken. So, they called the kennel, returned the dog. Uh, so, the kennel owner uh, explained that she'd been in business 10 years. Never heard of anything like this happening, but I guess it could happen. The kennel had eight black labs over spring break, and they played together in the yard every day. Ah, uh, let's see. See, that's... Uh, uh, okay, but see, I don't even understand how that... Well, they must put the collars on them then, though. Well, I guess not, No, though. they don't, because... You know, when I drop off my dog, they tell me to take the collar and the leash with me. How can you let... Uh, this is... Uh, maybe I'm just dumb and I'm not getting it. If you have eight black labs and you don't have a collar on them, how do you let them all play in the yard together at the same time and ever get any of them right? That is true. I don't know the answer to That's that. Only that makes no sense. Yeah. I don't understand. Maybe I'm just thick. I don't understand how... Maybe this... somebody who runs a kennel would know. Then it would seem like the odds are really like one in eight that you're ever going to get the right dog back. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's really confusing. I, they must do something. They must maybe put like a, like a little like... Uh, I was going to say, you know when, it, when you go to a club, I guess dogs don't do that. But maybe like a little paper thing around one of their paws or something, mm-hmm. like a little wristlet. Because otherwise... That would really just be like bingo balls, you know, just the luck of the draw, trying to get the right one out of there. Uh, so the moral here is always give your dog an embarrassing haircut, uh, or perhaps paint him with a pink stripe. It would be like when you go to um, the hospital and you put, like, do not amputate on your limbs. Uh, you just you go in and uh, give your dog some sort of humiliating hair color. And, and there are some them. telltale signs, for instance... Uh... They said the dog returned to them, still had its dew claws. Theirs did not. <laughs> X-rays also showed no surgery on the dog's elbow as theirs had. I suppose that would be a telltale sign if he has mysterious body parts that he didn't have before. <laughs> so Sarah won't have this problem because Muppets always got like a pink mohawk or something. That's what I'm saying. If they tried to give you another dog uh, but it did not have pink hair, you would immediately know. Yeah, I don't think anything. I mean, their dogs look similar to Muppet. I don't think anyone, any dog looks exactly like him. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um this person said, Deanna says, I used to work at a kennel. We never took the collars off unless they were getting groomed. It's, if you took the collars off, you would have to replace it with some kind of temporary tag that went somewhere on their body. I would body. imagine so. Because, I've never worked at a kennel, so I couldn't No. Oh, by the way, so uh, there's a great, I don't know if it's posted yet, but, you know, we do our, uh, our, our Wednesday door-to-door thing where Terry from the street team and I go out and we stop by the houses of some, quote, lucky, end quote, glorious bastards and say, hey, and thanks for listening and whatever. Um, and so lately she started taking photographs. Just kind of, you know, it's, you know, us like, you know, stopping by to say hey to, you know, whoever. There is a photograph. I don't think it's up yet. Uh, we went to, uh, we went to a listener's house yesterday, and I, I feel like an ass because I'm forgetting his name because um, I'm getting it mixed up. I want to say Joe, but I don't think it's Joe. I think it's Steve. Uh, we stopped by his house, and he had this huge chocolate lab like the size of a horse. And so the photograph. Sometimes it's me posing or like us looking at the camera or we're shaking hands or whatever. This is just a photograph of me going ah and like cowering because this massive chocolate lab came out. So. There's um there's gonna be a there's gonna be a pretty interesting photograph of me uh, being attacked by a dog. Here's Tim Riley. So the Wall Street Journal claims today that CBS News and Katie Couric are likely to part ways in January. No. Now that's less than halfway through her contract, which expires in 2011. That's 15 million dollars. What would she do? 
So apparently uh, CBS is going to deny it, and it is still going on. Also, uh, Randy Rose has been fired from Air America. Who? Randy Rhodes. Was she a talk show host at the time? I guess she was. I never heard of him. Randy Rhodes, Air America. Other news, a new report shows HD radio awareness is low. Wait, hold on. So this is three great shop talk stories in a row that you just did. Yes, I did. I feel like I didn't make the most out of them. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're good. Okay, what was the first one again? The first one? Yes. Katie Couric has been reported by the Wall Street Journal. To be, uh, she may be let go early you by know, CBS News. Speaking of cars, each of these each of these stories was like an exotic car that sped by me at 100 miles an hour. I didn't feel like I was able to really stop and take in the sight. Maybe it was a hybrid. <laughs> so the um, so now would they they'd still pay out her contract though, right? I don't know what the terms are. I mean, I guess they would have to. They, so. they couldn't just sack her. They'd have to buy her out or something. Yeah, they would have um, to buy her out and then replace. They, oh, I have a great idea. Who wants to hear it? I do. I know it'll pay on. The, I know my last idea was stupid, and it paled. And, and of course, I had the dumb idea about the celeb GPS, which I could already be done. And then it was, it, it, I was even more shamed by Tim's worth its waiting gold idea. That, so any idea that I were to give to give for the rest of the week, uh, you know, would be, have a shadow cast over it by Tim's genius Braille vib- vibrating stick thing. But here's a good idea. This is what CBS ought to do. Okay, it's cost efficient. It's interesting. It would raise ratings, and it is the logical extension. Uh, of what is happening in in both radio and television, because what happens in radio and TV is when they need to cut costs, uh, they just get some sort of you know like uh, you know they just get like a, a an automated thing where it's a computer that sits there and, and plays all the records and pretends to be a DJ and whatever. Here's the thing, CBS Evening News, and I'm completely serious about this, ought to replace Katie Couric with a robot, Newsbot. CBS presents Newsbot, you know, CBS Evening News, with Newsbot, 5,000. And then it would give actual real news. This is so great! This it would, it would give the actual real news, like actual headlines about Iraq and the deficit or whatever, and then at the end it would do the charming human interest story, and you would give it the funny robot voice, right? That is a water skiing squirrel. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, now sports. That's a great oh, idea! That's a, that is a fantastic idea. But I'm doing it. I'm stealing it. We're, We're going to do it here. We're going to do it here in the mornings. I'm going to start having a robot Jeez. do the news here in the mornings. I'm calling that idea. Because you know, the thing is, you know it's a matter of time to, like, some kooky, like the CW or somebody does that, right? I'm just keeping quiet now. Yes. You're kind of spazzing over the No, 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 thing. I'm just saying it's a great idea. I'm sorry, do you think it's too forward-thinking for television? I think, that it's, I think it's a genius idea, but I don't know. It's genius. You think that they, I mean, yeah. it's no vibrating stick. Well, maybe we should try and find a, ro- a robot voice today and uh, do some... A couple news stories. I mean, not that Tim could ever be replaced by a robot, of course. But I'm saying, wouldn't you, if you heard... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to seem overly enthusiastic about that. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Nobody say anything. That's my robot story. I want to be replaced with a vibrating stick. (laughs) (laughs) It's hot in here. Really? Oh, Did that statement really just follow Tim thing about he wants know, to be replaced no, with a vibrating stick? I just realized it's really warm in here. Let me start undressing. Is it not really warm in here? No. Uh, not for me, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is kind of warm in here, actually. Wow. Uh, so, no, so I didn't mean to seem all, like, screamy about it. I'm just saying it all came together. It was one of those moments... Where like a thunderclap, it all came together in my head instantly when Tim was talking about. I'm so glad we did that story twice. When Tim was talking about Katie Couric, I thought, uh, you know, downsizing, syndication, automated radio stations, and then it was all suddenly there. Replace Katie Couric with a robot, 
And then immediately, as soon as you said, I think it's too forward thinking, like as soon as you said that, I was like, we ought to do that here and just have a news bot in the mornings, which I'm now a huge fan of. I'm a great fan of that idea. Um, but if you, if, if CBS put out a press release and they said, look, uh, Katie Couric has moved on, I'm serious Wait, about We've got to start with, hey, look. <laughs> if, 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 I love that. Uh, if, if <laughs> he has a Texas swagger that says that's so gay. If, 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 if CBS News put out a press release, they said, Katie Couric, has has it, it's gone on to seek future endeavors or spend time with her kids or whatever it is she's doing. Um, we will continue our search for someone who conveys news with the seriousness and depth that CBS absolutely requires. But but in the interim, there will be a robot sitting <laughs> sitting behind the desk delivering the nightly news with the style and panache that only a CBS robot can 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 muster. You would watch that. You would absolutely. You know what? You know who else would watch that? Every guy at a bar. They would put that on at a bar every day. Hey, quiet! The news robot's gonna start talking. Hey, turn on channel. What channel? Is CBS here. Six. Turn on channel six. A robot's reading the news. You would completely watch that. You know who else would watch that? Nerds. Every nerd. Every geek. They would discuss the workings of the robot. How the robot operated. That is a great idea. That's that is. the second great idea we've had in this show today, Tim. I bet that idea's already been patented. The news bot? Yeah. I'm going to go look. See it at the next NAB convention. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that also works as like a parody sketch, too. We ought to set up like a fake booth at the NAB. And no, 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 this is your, uh, this is your news bot fight. Uh, you can replace an entire news division. Uh, with it. Now, look, we have uh, Pithy. Uh, the robot also does Maudlin. Uh, the robot, uh, we have an addition. We have a software patch you can install in the robot. Uh, it will allow it. Now, if there's another robot within 15 feet, uh, they will automatically banter with each other uh, in a colloquial and joking fashion between stories. You can get both Newsbot and Sidekick Bot for one, for one low price. That's a great idea. Yes. I am going to email Les Moonves about that today. Dear Les Moonves, hey, look. Hey, look. <laughs> That's very professional. Just as a stunt, even. For like two weeks, I'm telling you right now, that'll be the height. Because let's be honest, not like her ratings are really setting the world on fire. I, how great would it be if, if they had a robot come out and read the news and it doubled Katie Couric's ratings? I almost you know it would happen. You know yeah. it would happen. I know that everybody thinks would that. Would it be a male or a female robot? Uh, it would be... Um, like, would it be wearing a bonnet? Well, no. Now, Tim, you know, as consultants will tell you, <laughs> a fedora with you know, bonnet. women don't like to hear women robot voices on the news, Tim. That's just a fact. Um, I don't know. Maybe like an old, I'm in my head, it's like the old Robbie the Robot voice or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. You could have a male robot and a female robot. They, they, they sort of did like a counterplay, you know, kind of a thing. That's fantastic, and I know you're going, Rick. That's uh, that's a funny comedy bit you're no, talking about. I'm now. totally thinking of the two um, of the news anchors, but from Family Guy that you never watch, the two that obviously hate each other and they oh. have this really funny banter back and forth. I was picturing them as robots. See, now I'm picturing Morbo and the blonde woman from Futurama. Oh, okay, actually, yeah. In in other news today, Morbo will destroy all humans. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. All right, I'm telling you right now, for like a month, that'll be the highest rated CBS newscast since Rather left. I mean, really. All right, and we're going to start doing that in the mornings here. I'm calling that idea out right now.
Here's Tim Riley. Well, a brand new CBS program actually got ratings worse than Katie Couric. No. Yes. The talent, the secret talent of the stars has been canceled after only one episode. Their secret talent is to suck. George, What's your secret talent? To lose money for CBS. George, money. George Takai, or Takei, saying on the road again, and only 4.6 million people tuned in. You know, I understand that Sulu is uh, Takei. But Danny Bonaducci was also among the celebrities whose secret talents will be kept to himself. <laughs> So we'll never know. Maybe the show is being replaced by a robot. I, oh, man. It's great. And, you know, the thing is, here's the other thing about it, Tim. Yes. Is it's, you could pass it off as a social comment, as a parody. Because it really, if you think about it, and I'm not, this is not just CBS. This is every uh, company. To be fair, CBS has more live DJs on the air than any other company in this market. Um, but, you know, a lot of radio stations uh, have either sometimes traffic, weather, whatever, just being done by a box. I mean, just being done by a, a machine uh, sitting there. I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend to be more whatever than we are. I mean, at a certain point uh, in the evening, this station just becomes automated. I mean, you know, if you listen to uh, Overnight or John and Jeff or whatever, and there's just a, this computer running. I mean, those guys are live, but everything else, all the switching and the stop sets, it's all played by a computer. So, I mean, it, it really, having a robot read the news really is both great and the logical extension of where the broadcast industry is going. I mean, you know, anyway. Except for the station. Except for this station. Well, I mean, it's like I said, it's a good time to be a content provider. Bad time to be uh, anything else. All right, here's Tim Riley. i got to have some coffee so that to keep these ideas flowing. That is, I you want to break and get, or put on your popcorn and get some more coffee? I was just going to have Tim read more ah. news. Tim, would you like a moment to collect your thoughts? No, my thoughts are collected. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm going to get some coffee. i got to start taking Claritin before every show. All right. I think this is how addiction begins. It's Chris. Tim Riley! Well, uh, state police in Maryland say uh, former Cumberland County Commissioner Bruce Barclay videotaped hundreds of sexual encounters, many with male escorts using cameras hidden throughout his Monroe Township home. Yeah. Police say the sexual encounters were videotaped without the knowledge of the participants... Uh, investigators are uh, searching. I don't know. Barking dog? <laughs> it was a robot. Bark, bark. I thought you were going to give me some coffee. I was, but then Muppet started going crazy. Is Muppet okay? Oh, he, no, he's fine. I think he All heard right, me go say, Rick. Let me get your coffee. In a prepared statement, Barclay's attorney, Matthew Glover, said, although he and Glover. Barclay do not agree with everything in the affidavit, it is clear in my client's uh, private life that he made some errors in judgment. What is striking is this very same lack of judgment exonerates him from a rape allegation that isn't going anywhere. I don't understand. I Let don't me... understand the story. <laughs> what, what is going on with this guy's life? So he was videotaping also in other news. 100, apparently... 100 to 500 sexual encounters. Is it between 100 and 500? How would you not know if it's 100 or 500? That's what it says here, between 100 to 500. How many people did you have sex with? Well, it was either 100 or 500. I can't. Is this, Does this look like a one to you? I don't know. I can't tell. Um. And in other news, apparently being a city commissioner gets you laid all the time. So good for you. Uh, so let me understand this. He was forced My to. My uncle's a city commissioner. Right. Oh. Uh, so he was forced to reveal the existence of all of these sex films that he made Bob Crane style. Yeah. Because someone accused him of raping. Yes. So he had to. Uh, so the only way he could reveal that he didn't do the raping was to say, no, 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 I was, uh, look, you can see it right here. Look How at that. How far are you now? 175. Oh, only about 150 to go. He gets, a, he gets a tote bag at 500. All right. Uh, beautiful women marry less attractive men. Yes, women seeking a lifelong mate might do well to choose a guy a notch below them in the looks category. 
New research reveals couples in which the wife was better looking than her husband are more positive in supporting than other matchups. The reason researchers suspect is that men place great value on beauty, whereas women are more interested in having a supportive husband. Uh, researchers admit that looks are subjective, but studies show there are some universal standards, including large eyes, baby face features, symmetric faces, so-called average faces, and a specific waist-hip ratio in men versus women. Wait, is this uh, we, what women look for in men? Yes. You look for large eyes, Sarah? Mm. Baby face? You don't look for the baby face, do you? Not particularly. No. It's like... Yeah. What's the noise? What? Are you playing with something in your hand? It's a hybrid car coming down the street. I thought I heard like some weird clicking. I have a coffee creamer. Oh, okay. Baby face. Yes, no. <laughs> a baby face? That just sounds creepy. That's it. See, it always it seems creepy to me too. I wish we could find a different euphemism for that. No, he has a real baby face. It's just it seems sort of weird. I don't think it's strange when people have types because I think you know people who are all attractive are like attractive in different ways. I like to have sex with people that look like babies. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. I like him because he's a real pretty baby face. <laughs> I like him because he looks... I like to kiss his baby face. <laughs> he looks like he's a year old. I find it really oh, attractive. Oh, what is that R&B artist called Babyface? Babyface Reed. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about uh, politics, shall we? Uh, Elton John stopped in New York last night for a high-profile fundraiser for Hillary Clinton. At the same time, he took a swipe at America. I never cease to be amazed at the misogynistic attitude of some of the people in this country. Whatever. Uh, Elton John said the former First Lady is ready to become Commander-in-Chief. There is no no one more qualified to lead America into the next era of politics than Hillary Clinton. Uh, Barack Obama says John McCain represents another term of George W. Bush. He's running for the third George Bush term. He, he wants to keep our troops in Iraq, maybe for a hundred years. He wants to... Uh, he wants to keep the Bush tax cuts for the wealthy. It's kind of weird. Okay, let's go around the room. Uh, just gut sense. Do you believe uh, that uh, if it was McCain versus Obama, Obama would win? Sarah? No. Tim? Just gut sense as an objective observer. Already, well, I think yeah. there's a good chance of it. You think that maybe like 60-40? 55-45? Yes. See, right now, I don't know. I, I'd say it's even odds. Uh, I don't know. Because the Republicans are, you know, they're pretty good at, uh, they're pretty good at destroying people. Yes. And um, they haven't even started yet, really. And Americans are largely narrow-minded well, McCain's and like so, Yeah, and he's just laying back so much right now. I mean, like, you know it's going to come full force. And right. Hillary... D he just has to wait and let the machine take care of him. That's the... And, and whatever... And speaking of machines, whatever everybody thinks about Hillary... Uh, whatever anybody thinks about Hillary's chances of being the nominee, she's doing a pretty good job of... Uh, of damaging Barack Obama in some ways and, and in some quarters. So I don't know. So I still give it no more than even odds. But it is really weird to think um, that, you know, that we got the 50-50 chance of having either – I get the math is wrong, but you know what I mean when I say that either a woman or a black guy is the next president. It's just weird. I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, it's, it's cool and all. It's just strange. It's just one of those things that – one of those things that, like, you knew – you know, we ought to have done a long time ago, and so therefore you knew it. We, you know, it would happen. Um, and I don't think anybody. Uh, I, I. It's just so. It's a thing that is hard to wrap your mind around when you realize that that really after however what 200 years or something the the reign of the uh, the lone angry white guy at the top of the pyramid uh, may be close to being over. It's just a strange sensation. Uh, reducing combat tours to say uh, 15 months would be wonderful. That's what uh, General Petraeus told a news conference. A 15-month tour is a very long time. Uh, it is 
that the 12-month tour is tough enough on our soldiers and our families, and a 15-month tour obviously is, is a good bit tougher. As long as the next president's in power. This guy says, Rick, I would pay cash to see an interview bot asking questions to celebrities in a dead-sounding dead metallic <laughs> voice. Brittany, have you ever done drugs? This is the entertainment news. <laughs> uh, uh, fantastic. And that's true because there wouldn't be any, like, there'd be no holds barred with the interviews because it's just really? a robot. This guy says, you could easily sell the robots to media companies on the reduction in FCC fines. They will never swear on the air, accidentally call someone gay, or have a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> that's true. Really, it is. So... Anyway, but that's just back on the McCain thing. But I really do think, you know, the, the Hillary and, and Obama are really just going at it so hard right now that the real challenge for them is going to be making sure that one of them does not inadvertently damage the other so badly as a candidate. Because otherwise, John McCain, you know, it's just, you know, I'm sure John McCain, I was going to say I'm sure he's a nice guy. But you know what? Everybody says that because we're supposed to say it. I really am not sure John McCain is a nice guy. That's the thing that I think we're, we, we are just supposed to say in America. Well, I'm sure he's a fine man. I really am. I have. I, I'm really not sure at all about that. I have no knowledge of whether John McCain is a fine man or not. John McCain could. Uh, he could beat hamsters in his spare time. I really don't know. Maybe he, he might not. Maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's not. I have no knowledge of his character. But anyway, so it's going to be an interesting election. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so anyway, uh, Senate uh, Majority Leader Harry Reid says the U.S. troops are stretched dangerously thin in an endless civil war. Our military is badly strained, and that's an understatement. We're unable to respond to threats around the world. The Dalai Lama is giving his back to China. Is that the newspaper in Nepal? It is. Uh, he wants uh, China to continue to host the Olympic Games. He insists that China should have them anyway. China is the most populated nation an ancient nation. Therefore, it is uh, really deserved for the Chinese people to make host of Olympic Games. It's scary sounding anyway. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, on, KC on KCMD Portland. Uh, let's see here. And then inevitably the news bot would, would fight for and win the chance to moderate one of the debates. <laughs> that would be... All right. Uh... Michael, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. First of all, before I make my news box comment, yeah. um, Danny Bond and Duty's little whatever you want to call it. Secret talent? Riding a unicycle. Really? Was it riding a unicycle? Yeah, that's what uh, Adam Carolla was making fun of it yesterday. All right. Well, Adam Carolla's secret talent is getting kicked off Dancing with the Stars, so. Exactly. All right. And the other thing was about your news box, yeah. I, I believe you've already been beaten to it. How so? Um, isn't Coin doing that by getting rid of everybody and going to automated? Well, but they actually have real people reading the news, don't they? Yeah, Sarah, they're, somebody. They're I have no gone. idea. No. Yeah, though they have they have cam bots, uh, but they uh, they have actual news people, I believe. They do have actual meat bags reading the news. Don't they still have the you, topic you, babe on in the morning? I don't really know the answer to that. Well, it wasn't Jenny Hogan, right? They didn't they, didn't she leave? No, it's some other some other chick there. Now, I think it's like a weather girl and a and a traffic girl and then a couple people I've never seen before. Yeah, no, I got nothing. I, I say prove that, Jeff. You know it's not a robot. All right, thank but, you. Okay. Well, I have to cut him open, you know. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. So, Richter, this is Robin. How you doing? Uh, if you have Let me ask you this. Hold on. On yeah. a scale of one, ten, 1 to 10, how cool do you believe yourself to be? Uh, I, I don't. All right, just checking. Because uh, usually when I hear, yo, Rickster, that's oh, a so, I'm, so. So, I picture like the Izod shirt and then uh, like the full on like Ray Bans pulled uh -huh. back. 
No, 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 I'm in dirty work clothes. All right, excellent. How can I help you, Robin? A uh, dozen uh, black labs running around a uh, fenced-in area playing together. Couldn't you weigh them before and after and get a pretty good idea of which is which? I guess. I got a bunch of – we were talking about this uh, the kennel where they confused a bunch of the dogs. And somebody uh, – we got a, somebody said, well, I fault the owner. Because this guy says – I'm paraphrasing, but he says basically, I fault the owner. He says, you, he said, I have a black lab, and I could pick my black lab out of a group ten times out of ten. Right. So he says, I blame the owner for not recognizing the dog. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's – but, I mean, with a dog like a black lab, I think it's, it is tricky, though, because they all basically just have that one haircut, right? It's not like it's not like a, you know, I got a long-haired kind of dog, so it's not like you can sure. give your black lab some sort of distinctive uh, haircut. You really would have to put a big X on him to be sure, I would think. Well, that's, that's why you yes. throw them on a scale beforehand, and if they're, Maybe. you know, 67.3 pounds. This is another thing. If they don't have this, we can invent it with some sort of paper wristband uh, that you put on the dog. I'm telling you, this, we're full of great ideas today, churning yeah. them out one after the other. <laughs> Non-stop. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. All right. Thank uh, you. What kind of work do you do? Uh, I restore old cars. I work at a hot rod shop. That's very cool. cool. Um, what kind of uh, – so, like, somebody – is this a – like, where you find junkers, or is this where somebody brings in a car that they own and you do it for them? Yes. Uh, all customers bring in their cars. Sometimes it's cars their father bought new, and they want them restored back to originals. Sometimes it's just they just want this certain car, and they go and buy one and bring it to us, and we uh, spend their money. Excellent. Very cool. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right, Take care. You Best show ever. Thank you. That's Robin. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is, sir. Hey, uh, I had a suggestion for you. On your uh, news bot, yes. I think it should sound a lot like the I Barely Knew Her bot. So it would, uh, let's see, so this is the... I barely knew her. <laughs> All right, let's picture that chance of rain. Where do we find that voice? <laughs> you know, can I just tell you, can I tell you a little story, sir? All I can find are human voices on the I internet. I don't want anything that sounds human. <laughs> uh, well, that sounded like a serial killer just now. I don't want anything that sounds human, and I don't like it when they look at me. Uh, let's see. It's so hard to eat it when it's looking at me. Uh, what is that? What is that from? Oh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And this one keeps looking at me. Uh, so what's going on in the head of yours? Right I don't now? know. <laughs> you need to slow down. You just got coffee like three minutes ago, and you're just refilling it again. You stay away from me. You're having like multiple Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> thoughts all coming out of your mouth at the same time. We are broadcasting an ADHD, Sarah. So let's back up for a second. Um, speaking of the, I barely knew her voice. So at Christmas, you know, we did our radio play, Ebenezer. I barely knew her. Uh, here's a little. Uh, this is something you would say for, like, the the director's commentary on the DVD, but I'll, I'll reveal it now. So Joni and I were putting that show together, I mean, literally up until midnight the night before. The script was not done until midnight, and we were still doing sound effects the next morning trying to get them ready. Just because it was stuff was hard, but there were some things that were hard to find. Like, not to be all about the glory of us, but there's that sequence where I'm out on the street and our Alex Akis gives me a dime. You know, he says, here's the money that I owe you or whatever. That street sound effect... We actually made from about four. All right, bye. I sometimes think that people don't think that you're still talking to them because you haven't referenced. Them. I was. You're lost. Um, so that street noise sound effect was actually made of about three different sound effects that we found and mixed together in Pro Tools, basically, uh, you know, to make one sound effect. It was a lot of work. Anyway, the one sound effect the night before that we still could not find was the I barely knew her voice. I barely knew her. We couldn't find it. Um, and I went so far, I mean, we tried Microsoft Sam, which is the, uh, that's, Microsoft Sam is, um, uh, you know, it's a little speech-to-text thing or a text-to-speech thing that comes as part of Windows. Uh, we tried all of that stuff, 
and we couldn't find anything that sounded right. None of it sounded like the actual voice. I'm trying to see if I have here the one we ended up using, and I don't. Um, so in desperation, I went through my email, and I found the email from the guy who originally sent us the I Barely Knew Her voice. And I emailed him up, and I'm like, dude, we're doing a radio play tomorrow. Just so you know, the final line is done by the I Barely Knew Her voice, but we needed to say, God bless us, everyone. And unfortunately, I didn't hear back from the guy until the radio play had already aired. So... If you listen to the Ebenezer I Barely Knew Her, because it's a downloadable as a podcast and whatever, the voice that comes on and says, God bless us, everyone, isn't actually the I Barely Knew Her voice. It is the closest we could get. And I have to tell you, I know this makes me sound like an anal retentive control freak, but it will always, always, always bug me that at the end of the Ebenezer I Barely Knew Her play, it is a fake I Barely Knew Her voice. It's not the real voice. It's the cl- and I used pitch control. I did everything I could to try to make it sound that way, but it's a different voice. Oh. So the long show, the, the long and the short of it is, I don't know where that voice came from. The only voice I can find is this one. God bless us, everyone. See, but that's what I did. I found that voice and I mm-hmm. lowered, I lowered the pitch in Adobe Audition because I couldn't find the voice generator that did the. I barely knew her. And even they when they sound we, kind of similar. They do. If you're not really paying attention. Uh, you know, you won't notice it. I never, nobody listened to the radio play and said, hey, that's not the I barely knew her voice. But I, I could tell the difference and it bugged me. It I it bothered me forever. I barely knew her. Because I'm, you know, a retard. Well, we're all kind of crazy in our own ways. Here's Tim Riley. I, I suppose oh. that's true. Yes, it is. I barely knew her. <laughs> that's like a, that's like a sex voice. I barely knew her. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Right. So we would have to figure out what, so that, so we're going to have to figure out what voice the AM 970 news, but that doesn't really work when you say it that way. News, but yeah, news bot. We have to figure out what voice he uses and if it should even be a he. <gasps> Maybe he should be a she. I sense a another, she, a he, she. Another multi-day radio bit. Here's Tim Riley. Let's do the religious nutcase watch. Here's your religious nutcase watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. daughter attacked her with a butcher knife because the petite kindergartner was possessed by a demon. Nellie Vasquez Salazar insisted to investigators that she was defending herself when she was fatally slashed and stabbed by her 51-year-old daughter, not 51-year-old, but 51-pound daughter. Uh, Evelyn, who, whom uh, she said she grew concerned over the recent months because the girl had started sleepwalking, the 25-year-old single mother was charged with first-degree murder in the death of her only child. And was found slain early Monday. So the kid is sleepwalking. Yeah. And the mom, instead of taking the kid to a doctor, taking her to a psychologist, getting some sort of medication for her, assumes the daughter is possessed and stabs her to death. Right. Well done. And she stabbed her ten times, three times in the face. A religious picture lying on the floor next to the girl had also been punctured with a knife. Jesus, God. So she said the child was possessed by demons. So getting back to this uh, Texas thing here. Agents have found uh, secret rooms and a sex temple. This is the polygamous place in El Gordo, Texas. 
Now you search the 1,700-acre polygamous compound in West Texas. Found a bed in the Soaring Limestone Temple, and prosecutors believe it was used by male members to have sex with underage wives. Uh, so the discovery was revealed as troopers completed their week-long search of the grounds of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The temple contains an area where there is a bed where males over the age of 17 engage in sexual activity with female children under the age of 17, according to a court affidavit. Uh, Texas law prohibits polygamy and the marriage of girls under 16. So Jesus. why were they allowed to get away with this for so long? I don't, I, I don't know, the, especially because... Uh, I, I gotta be, the whole thing makes me really like disproportionately angry, or maybe proportionately angry. Maybe I'm just angry enough about it. Because seriously, it's not like Warren Jeffs, who is the particular nutcase in question here, it's not like it was a secret. I mean, everybody knew he was crazy. Yeah. Everybody knew... Uh, that he and his whole freakish family were doing this. I mean, all of these guys who were in this bizarre spinoff, and I, and I should actually take pains to note that these are not regular Mormons. Regular Mormons, to their credit, actually reject all of this insanity. But all of these guys who are in these retarded, like the RLDS Church and the you know the fundamentalist LDS Church, and uh, I mean, everybody knows where they live. You go to Utah and you ask somebody, hey. You know, where do the crazy polygamists live? Everybody knows. Everybody knows what parts of the state. Everybody knows what counties they're in. As I've noted a few times this week, John Krakauer wrote this great book, Under the Banner of Heaven, where he goes and he visits some of the compounds. I mean, everybody knows where this goes on, and the government largely chooses to ignore it and do nothing about it until it escalates to the point where you've got the, the, the bunch of the, the horny deviants who were having sex with 13-year-olds on a limestone bed inside a sex temple. I mean, for the love of Christ, and especially because Mormons don't do anything halfway. You go see the Mormon temple, which was built out of uh, blocks of granite that were hauled from a mountain 40 miles away. And it took 15 years, I think, to build. There's no reason to believe that this was some low-rent sex temple. I'm guessing that a lot of work and time and effort and money went into this. You know, something that people would have noticed at some point. And, if it, can I just, and really, can I just speak honestly and directly yeah. uh, to any fundamentalist crazies who may be listening? If at any point you find yourself saying, you know what, i got to build myself a sex temple, and especially if you say to yourself, I need to build a sex temple so I can uh, have relations forcibly with underage girls, I want you to kill yourself. I am not speaking euphemistically. If you find yourself wanting to forcibly engage in any kind of improper activity with young girls, take your own life. Do it as messily as possible. Jesus. All right. So there you go. So anyway, the uh, Utah Attorney General, Mark Shirley, uh said that uh, from the moment they're born, they're born in the outside world, of course, the women in this temple uh, cannot break away and uh, struggle in the outside world. When they finally had the courage to come forward, how do they survive without a job, without education, without a home, with multiple children in the outside world? That's the other thing, is these kids are completely screwed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, because, as they always say, the child is the father to the man and all that stuff. I mean, you know, you... you you show me the kid at eight years old, and I'll show you who the kid's going to be the rest of his life in most cases. And you got these girls who have been raised in this uh, this nut house, uh, and they're now 13 or 14 or 15, who are just going to be completely, it's like those kids that were in the Manson family, who are just going to be completely warped the rest of their life. Jared told the outside world is evil. These victims, these women, are being taught from the time that they're born not to trust the outside world, that we're evil, that we will, we're here to try and hurt them. And so you have to try and be able to get them to trust you when they've been victimized. Well, okay. So you got the woman stabbing her kid to death because she believes she's possessed. 
and yeah. you've got like 300 underage girls being forcibly sodomized in a sex temple. Mm -hmm. The armies of God march forward. There's your religious uh, nutcase watch for Thursday. We'll get some calls here in just a, a few. Here's Tim Riley. A woman says she is a Facebook sex addict and has slept with 50 men she met through the networking site. URL, please. Laura Michaels, who's 23, set up a group called I Need Sex. She invited men to contact her, and those pictures she liked, she met up with. Within uh, 10 minutes, the group had 35 members and soon had 100 <laughs> men, 50 of whom she slept with. Wow, guys are dumb. Although, maybe not, I guess, in this case. Oh. Mm-hmm. She's, she tells his son, I know it was a risky business, but it was part of the thrill. Uh, one of her Facebook conquests was called Simon from Swindon. She said uh, they met for drinks in her hometown of Bristol, then went back to her hotel for sex. She admitted some people might look down on her for her behavior. And said, some might even say, well, she, she may as well be, be a prostitute because, well... At least she would have been paid for sleeping with so many different men. You know, here's the thing, though. This this really is this really is uh not this is where Britain. Yes. So this is not just America. This really is uh, the world's sort of particular slant on the sexes. Because really, this wouldn't even be a story if it were a guy. If a guy had formed some from MySpace account called "I need to get laid" and had boned like 50 women, no one would even get. We wouldn't be batting an eye. Mm -hmm. We would just be astounded that he was able to do it. Really, that's it. So, really, the fact that it's a woman is the only thing that makes this story exceptional. Uh, so, a 16-year-old Green Township mother is in jail after Cincinnati police charged her with taking her newborn child along while she broke into a candy store. Christine Ruther and three others are accused of breaking into Peter Ming and Sons candy store shortly before 1 a.m. and stealing $500 in candy. The group was arrested a few blocks away where police caught up with them by following a trail of candy wrappers. <laughs> really? No way. They couldn't even wait until they were back at the getaway house or whatever. <laughs> uh, the woman had her uh, seven-week-old daughter with her. Please tell me she's huge. Oh, look at her face. She looks like Mr. Potato Head. Wow. Or Miss Potato Head. It, you know, okay, I say this a lot. Look at that. Oh, man. Doesn't look like the Scapoose woman who had the baby in the toilet. I was, Somebody likes candy. I, I was just going to say. Give me candy. The, <laughs> the You can't actually even see where any of her skull might be. You know what I mean? That that it really is like, it like it's like she has no skull. Skull. Um, and it's just, she's just got sort of a spongy thing on top of her shoulders that holds her brain and occasionally candy. So, well, they followed the trail of rappers. It included Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Skittles and Twizzles, or Twizzlers. Not even stealing high-end candy. No. All right. Not even a Three Musketeers bar. Yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, uh, Cincinnati police have called uh, the woman's mother and told her to come pick up the baby at the police station. She was shocked and upset over her daughter's behavior. Uh -huh. Mother of the year. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Um, your, your robot? Yes. Newsbot? Stephen Hawking. I'm sorry? Stephen Hawking. That's the voice. Oh, you're saying that's the voice we ought to use uh, for, the, for, the, for the news robot. I have Tim or even Sarah go through a voice box thing. Stephen Hawking? There you go. Everybody I'm, listens to Stephen Hawking. I don't know. Okay. 
I don't understand what you're saying. Are you suggesting that Tim speak and then it just come out in that voice, or the, or simply that that is the tone of voice we ought to use? Oh, have Tim do it. Well, but then it wouldn't be a real news bot. Yeah, but you know, it'd be like being the man and just you know, you don't want to be the man and like you know, get rid of Tim. But I'd be giving up my job for a robot. No, no, no. This would be in the this would be in the mornings though. This wouldn't be. I'm not be, finding this as amusing as the rest. This wouldn't be here. This wouldn't be on this program. Never sir. on this station. No, no, no. This oh, would be. Never. Well, oh, it would be on not. this station just in the mornings. Right. Where there okay. where there currently is no news of any kind. I mean, there's you know there's uh, national news via some of the shows, but not like we don't do like uh, like local uh, news breaks uh, here in the morning right now. But I'm saying this would make that financially feasible. Right, but you could tell it to other stations, say, hey, you know, we got this news I box. should totally do that. Make hey, well. a syndicated short-form service. Thank you. Exactly. Hey, well, hey the sandals, uh, or, I mean the Mormons, the Mormon thing. Why did you say sandals just now? Well, it, it just seems like it was a sandals resort for Mormons. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, this is Jim in the coop. Hello, good afternoon, Jamal. Sorry. Use uh, Abraham Lincoln from the old uh, Disneyland, oh, reading at the Gettysburg Address. From the Hall of Presidents. There you go. There you go. That should be the newsbot voice, you're saying. No, well, yeah, well, and I was thinking about on TV, because you're talking about Katie Couric, you could actually use that robot. Oh, okay, so we're talking about and... two different things. We're talking about, one, replacing Katie Couric on the CBS Evening News with a robot, and yeah. B, having some sort of a newsbot here in Morning Drive on AM 970. Yeah, and I don't know if you're picking up on it on on that end, but on this end, um, Jim's lack of enthusiasm on this subject is very palatable. <laughs> really? Is it? Yeah. Can you actually discern how little uh, he wants to pursue this notion? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it pretty entertaining All right. as always. Thank you. Let's go. Bye. Then we'll come back from vacation and just a just a big robot sitting in his chair. Hello, Tim. Your things are in a box. No, when I came back from when I came back from vacation once at the station I was working at in California, there was an attaché case next to my chair. Oh, really? And I sat down, and my PD says, "Um, I have, I have to talk to you right Ooh, now." Can I have a word, yeah. real quickly? Yeah. Jesus. And he said, "Tim, you're a great guy." Oh. I knew. Oh. That's that's when you know it's all going badly. Yep. Look, uh, there's no easy way to say this. My friend Harold just came in from Cincinnati. Really? Were you fired to, to, so he could hire like a friend of his? Pot smoking pal. <laughs> I, I was the only one at the station who didn't smoke pot, and I knew my time would be limited. <laughs> you're not one of us. Not one of us. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Uh, su uh, suggestion for the voice of the Copplebot. The the what? what? <laughs> Copplebot. What? Like Ted Koppel. Oh, Koppel. I thought you said Capo, like in it, like in the mafia. All right. No. Copplebot. Corrigbot. Yes. Yes, Joshua from the movie War Games. Would you like to play a game? Perhaps, yes. or hear about upcoming sporting events in our locale. Exactly. Duly that would noted. be fantastic. Excellent. I also wanted to mention that uh, listeners to the Rick Emerson show should not go to 148. Uh, actually, no, I see where you're going. No? No, no. we're not okay. going to do okay, it. Goodbye. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Listen to my sound, Rick. Yeah. I barely knew her. Well, that's, that's kind of Barry White. Take off your panties. Who are you speaking to? That Barry White song, When I See You Wearing Those Baby Blue Panties, or whatever that horrible... Barry White, by the way, is I think the only person who's ever been able to do that. I barely knew her. You girl, you're so fine. I barely knew her. Can you slow it? Can you... I barely knew her. I barely knew her. Okay, you have to be stopped. 
I'm not going to play it again. All right. Play it one more time. Do we do it really slow? I remember. I remember. I remember. Wait, and here's the really slow. Okay. You should have it do auctioneering. I barely knew her. Can you put it at normal speed and have it say, girl, you so fine? Yes, hang on. Oh, I can already tell. Girl, this. you so fine. All right. Girl, you so fine. That's less funny than I thought it would be. It was kind of funny. Okay, the funny, the high speed, I barely knew her is really funny, though. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you. Hey. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm Dandy. Tell you what. Hal from 2001. Yes. Oh, the, uh, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that. Yeah. All right. And, but the other thing I had to work on is for your just your, your bots themselves, they ought to be the jack-in-box character because you can always put a smile on their face or a little frown on their face or a little black eye or whatever, and they just sit there and bob their heads back and forth. Wait, what? I don't understand anything you just said. What? Okay. Have you seen the jack-in-the-box commercials, the one where well, there's one in the hot tub? Oh, yeah, the 70s, the creepy yeah, 70s thing. Yeah, right. and then there's another one where he's at a wedding, and he's actually changing his menu, but he gets really angry at the lady and say, it ain't going to last, it ain't going to last, and they put this little smirk on his face like he's really angry. So you're so suggesting those, the robot should have movable facial features. Well, just bobblehead type features, but, but movable just the fact that they get to change it every five seconds. And every now and again, it would just be like the eyebrows, like the, the, the sad, frowny mouth. There you go. Yeah, all right. Thank you. And, and, and by the way, one yeah. other thing. Uh-huh. Uh, the first step is I am powerless over Claritin, and my life has become unmanageable. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. I need movable facial features. <laughs> Somebody has a new toy. Uh, I'm, only today. Come on. I, I better do I only have 100. I only have an hour <laughs> and 35 minutes left. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, hi, it's me. Yes. All right, the, the guy that called up on the Stephen Hawking, I don't want to sound pretentious, but I believe he's totally wrong. The voice that that came from, the reason you can't find it, it's called Macintosh Sam, and it was developed exclusively by Mac, and supposedly Microsoft bought the rights for Sam and re-recorded a lot of that stuff. This? I barely so know. that's why you can't find the actual software, but my buddy's got this Macintosh Sam program here, and it's it, it fit. That is exactly the voice you're looking okay, for. Okay, so, so, it is, so it's not Microsoft Sam, it's Macintosh Sam. Yes, but Microsoft bought Sam. So the Sam acronym, if you look it up or Wikipedia or Google it, you're going to find nothing related to Macintosh unless you find the old Mac Sam. All right. Macintosh well, Sam, which is, the, which is the acronym for it, so it stands for something I don't know. This seems like but, a lot of work. So the upshot of it, it sounds to me like the upshot is that we won't be able to have this voice. Uh, Never. Do we, Say goodbye to it. It is gone. eBay it. It's getting up in value right now. This, it is. So, so if we have a news bot in the morning, this is pretty great, actually. You have Microsoft Sam on your computer, just to let you know. Yeah. That's what I'm playing it from. So we have, but but this voice I barely knew her. can't the do thing, the morning news. Uh, it is it's gone. It is a dodo. It so, is a dodo of text-to-speech. All right. Well, i got to hold on to this barely newer voice, then i got to make sure I back up this file. Yeah, how, get it now while it's hot. And can I make a quick comment about your listener party? I don't know how much promotion you've done for that. Yes. Is it okay to talk about it yet? Sure. I don't want to drop any names, but I'm trying to promote a, a concert on the same day, and in, never in my five years of doing this have I run into everybody and tell, hey, our show's May 15th. I can't go to that. It's a Rick Emerson party. Excellent. And I, I have I mean, played on the you. same day as, well, I, hey, you know, people come to the Womb Stretcher shows. Don't worry about that. But oh, uh, Womb Stretcher. We're coming. We're actually coming to your listener party before our show because so many damn people 
I've told us nothing that they don't want. They can't go. Excellent. Because it's the Rick, Rick Emerson party. Sorry, it's penciled in. I don't care how long I've known you. Rick Emerson's listener party. Excellent. Glad uh, glad we could help to siphon away your crowd, sir. It's okay. It's it's perfectly fine. All right. Thank we'll, you. We'll be there. Give, yeah, give, Max Sam. Give, look it up. Give the URL. All right. Oh, the URL, www.wombstretcher.com. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. What? All right, there you go. Rick, let's do our barely knew her second uh, back-to-back. Okay, you go. go first. I barely knew her. Oh, damn it. Close. <laughs> All wave devices are currently in use. Error CRM. All right, I'm ready now. All right. I barely knew her. I barely knew her. Yeah, see, so imagine our frustration the night before the Christmas play, trying to find this only in that guy he just explained it now. This is a, a now defunct program. They no longer make this voice that I use. But how great it would that like be? It seems like downgraded. I mean, this one isn't. I barely knew her. No, but it would be really great, actually, that we have sort of one robot voice here in middays, an, an entirely different robot in the mornings doing news. We Pretty soon, a whole platoon of robots. We need to get off the news thing for a little bit. Not doing news. Doing, um... I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley, a real live human. Eye on the coup. <laughs> the victim of a stabbing during a brawl at the Irish Town Bar and Grill in the Coup's Cascade Park has been treated at the hospital and then taken to jail to face charges. And perhaps new charges from this fight. Another person was hit on the head with a beer bottle but disappeared before police arrived. Witnesses reported that people were swinging bar stools at each other during the disturbance and several customers were injured. Listen to this. This is Eye on Mental Health. Mental health officials are trying to raise awareness about a condition known as social anxiety disorder. Now, 15 million Americans have this. It is the intense fear of social situations and often avoid people to keep from embarrassing themselves. Dr. Ross from the Anxiety Disorders Association of America said her organization recently conducted a survey and found the condition can wreak havoc on a person's romantic and social life. Almost half of the people surveyed, 45 percent, were not, these are all adults, were not in a committed relationship. Uh, 55 percent of the people with social anxiety disorder uh, do not have any close friends. Excellent. I, I strive to be one of them. Uh, people in the entertainment business often suffer with this. I have treated uh, celebrities. I've treated performers who are out there on stage performing, uh, and yet they can't go into a store and ask a salesperson for help. Um, I've had people who are, you know, very uh, in all, you know, in, in sales who can on the job can perform and work in their store, but they can't talk on the telephone. You know, I don't think it's that they can't talk. It's just we choose not to. Isn't that right, Tim? We choose not to engage with others yeah. uh, during, uh, you know, any time, really. Really, really. I mean, any time that we're not here. In fact, if, I just checked my phone messages today and asked <laughs> if you would call me, and you said it was Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> like five days later. That's. Did you call me this morning? I called you Saturday. Yeah, call me Saturday. All right, very good. <laughs> By which time, I could have been calling you from inside a burning car. I, know. <laughs> I couldn't get a hold of Bowser. Tim, I'm underneath a boulder. I'm having to cut off my own leg. Tim, I'll check that on Tuesday. I never listen to my messages. I let it pile up until my uh, entire box well, is full, was, and I'll delete them all. That was them. my only message since Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Answer just been, oh, there's so much blood. Um, the, you know, the thing about, I don't even leave messages for you anymore, Sarah. Uh, just, as, just as you typically don't leave messages for me unless you're drunk. Because you know that I don't listen to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, cell phones... I never listen. Like, I actually go out of my way to not listen to them. <laughs> don't you... Can I ask you this? Don't you wish there was a function on your voicemail that was like a purge all? 
So you don't have to go through and delete them one by I, one. I don't have to go through. It's like you have 31 voicemails. It's like it's like next message, message deleted. Next yeah. message, message totally. Deleted. Don't you wish there was just a <clears throat> dump? You know, like on your uh, on your uh, your your uh, web-based email where you can just like trash, empty all. Mm-hmm. I really wish that there was that with voicemail because, as you pointed out, you have to sit there and you have to listen through and you have to, and especially here because I, my voicemail will fill up and it's all people like pitching me interviews and like, would you like to talk some to somebody about an herbal cure for you know? And it's just crap I don't care about. So it, when people say, well, you know, they, they entertain all day, but then they're incapable of talking to others. I just don't want to talk to others. I could. I just choose not to, and I think I speak for both Tim and myself on that score. Absolutely, excellent. The only time people want me for something is to do it for nothing. <laughs> um, Tim, I'm calling to leave a message to ask you to work for free. Yeah. Would you be interested? Would of you be? Course. Would you be interested in using your talents for no financial uh, compensation? Then you'll never get a copy of it. Don't hear from me again once it's done. <laughs> would you we like need to- you tomorrow, and I might get back in touch with you months from now. You- in the meantime, I'll fall off the face of the earth. <laughs> would you like to lend your voice and likeness to something for which you won't be paid? Yeah. For something. Of course. There's nothing I'd enjoy more some- after 30 years in the business than just give it all away. <laughs> Would you like to be part of a shoddily done amateur product, Tim Riley? <laughs> More than anything. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Um, by the way, somebody sent me a um, somebody sent me a uh, sort of a, an interactive, like a little flash thing, where you can ha- enter text and choose from. I believe that's what I'm getting from Mark the Brit. One hundred different voices. Do you have a creepy lady? Yeah. In your She's like a weird. Move uh, your mouse and her eyes follow it. Ah. Okay. I'm quit. I'm not doing that again. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, wow. You know the road? Yeah. <laughs> the road? The road? The, the, the Pulitzer what? winning novel by Cormac McCarthy? Oh, no. See, really? neither I, of you have read this. I thought you were talking about the road. Realize it when you say, do you know the road? Well, I just finished reading it, and I, I take for granted that everybody else has. <laughs> did Sarah, did you just think he was talking about the concept of roads in general just there? <laughs> okay, well. We're you know the ground? The ground. Well, the road is a book by Cormac McCarthy. Uh-huh. And the movie is being filmed in Oregon. And you know who's going to star in it? No. Who? Wait. Winona Ryder. No. His initials are VM. Viggo Mortensen. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Now, is the road about a guy that walks across the country or something? Yes. All right. I'm kind of bluffing because I think I, I think Cheryl the Hawaiian read that. And she was mm-hmm. telling me about it. With his son. Are you going to try and get in that movie, Tim? No. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to try to act? No. Well, the road is described as an epic adventure about a father and son's quest for survival in a post-epileptic world. A post-epileptic world? Yes. Uh, Shirley's uh, Theron and Robert Duval also star in it. Filming of the movie is scheduled to take place during the month of May along the North Oregon coast. Oh. It's a great book. I'm sure it is. So, uh, yeah, that uh, fellow's going to be here. All right. So, uh, Carmack McCarthy, by the way, uh, McCarthy... Uh, wrote No Country for Old Men as yes. well. I never read that one. Now, uh, let's see. I've got the, uh, see if my computer wants to, uh... Mine's still loading. Yeah, my, well, mine claims to be ready, but I press the button and nothing happens. That's a shame. Voice, English. Audrey. Yeah, Audrey doesn't really want to work. She can follow the mouse all around. She doesn't actually want to speak. All right. That Audrey. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, time for a hick watch. Here's your hick watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. Copenhagen makes me feel so good. Copenhagen, way I know it should. Well, I put a little chew in my mouth, go spitting slobbering all around the house. Copenhagen, 
Really? Yes, it's backed by the National Rifle Association and some labor unions. It is the Take Your Gun to Work measure. It will prohibit the business owners from banning guns kept locked in motor vehicles on their private property. The measure applies to employees, customers, and those invited to a business establishment. As I have to have a permit to carry the weapon, a backer say the measure upholds the version of the author's U.S. Constitution, which makes the right to bear arms uh, part of the Bill of Rights. Uh, the second thing they wrote about in the Constitution was the right to bear arms, says Senator Durrell Paston, a Republican from Crestview, Florida. It is what is dear in our hearts. <laughs> really? All the time, yes. How sad your life must be if that's the case. However, you cannot bring your gun into a nuclear power plant. <laughs> Anywhere else, it's fine. Uh, a prison or a school. Duly noted. Oklahoma, Alaska, Kentucky, and Mississippi have similar laws. And uh, so Florida thinks you're next. After all, if Oklahoma can have it, and Mississippi, why can't we? Good enough for Oklahoma. Good enough for everyone. Yes. That's your hick all watch. Right. There's your hick watch. Take a break. Back after this, uh, still to come, more from Tim Riley, uh, Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, let's see. What the hell else? Glorious Bastard of the Week, top five songs by which you can stalk Sarah Dillon and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. So is, it, is the Wild Wild West, is that an upscale? Uh... Yes, Rick. I only say it upscale places. <laughs> oh, Timmy Ryan, I'm sorry. Uh, this is now the segment when we book, uh, when we get Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Uh, Remember that thing I showed you about the National Enquirer? I do, indeed. Okay. Uh, so that number should be on the dry erase board uh, forward and to the right of you. Uh, there should be the contact info for Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. It is also to your left on a business card. So if you can, uh, I think we're a couple minutes late. So if you can apologize to her for that. So we will get her in just a few. Timmy Ryan's hanging out with Muppet right now. Is he really? Mm-hmm. All right. He's looking at that site hot. At least I hope so, because it didn't, I hope it wasn't him. He, I walked by. It looked like he was looking at that site, Hot Girls with Douchebags. Oh, that site is so funny. I mean, I just assumed it was that site, but maybe not. Maybe it's just something from his own photo album. Uh. Okay. <laughs> uh, at the, seriously, I realize now that I'm not entirely sure about that. Oh. Sorry. Here's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oh, this is weird. Federal regulators have fined Walmart and Best Buy and some other retailers $3.9 million for failing to label analog TVs as... Useless. Really? After the switch to digital TV next year. The FCC also handed down $2.7 million in fines for the companies who are violating other digital TV rules that involve shipping analog equipment and blocking technologies such as the V-chip, whatever that is. I guess that's just for kids. So anyway, yeah, there's some useless TVs being sold out there, so make sure you ask your retailer, is this TV useless? Say so you label them as paperweights. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, thanks for taking the call, dude. What's up? You know, I was just thinking about your uh, news robot, and uh, this could turn into a, a talking Tina or the kill James Elmo doll. Uh-huh. 
because uh, somebody's going to hack into that robot newsman, and uh, by somebody I mean uh, Tim. Right? It's going to be bro. We are all about to die. <laughs> Duck and cover. Seek shelter. Take a gun. <laughs> so Tim's going to get in there and he's going to hack that thing with his indestructible uh, Mac and uh, make it say inappropriate things to guarantee him a lifelong job. Sacrifice the firstborn male child in every household. And all right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. There you go. Go to ten. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not, you know, I keep, I feel bad that we continue to not have uh, her theme prepared. What was the theme? I think it was Fame by David Bowie. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me. That is my bad, as the kids say. I have uh, I have failed you, Dorothy. Let's welcome now uh, to the Rick Emerson radio program. Mm, I can find her at the live From one. the National Enquirer, <laughs> uh, our good friend Dorothy Carcassari. Hi, Dorothy. Sorry about getting you a little late today. Our, uh, we're, we're running a bit behind, as they say. Hey, no problem, guys. Uh, I wanted to ask you about something that I now I have not seen uh, the new issue. I only saw the little uh, the, the little picture of the JPEG or whatever at the site. Sarah pointed this out to me. It looks like on the cover of the New Inquirer, there is an article about this uh, pregnant man. And the reason that is especially interesting to us, of course, is that it's actually just south of us, right, South? Yes, South, South. Uh, so that is right near where we are. Um, so what what is the scoop on the the pregnant guy? Isn't this pregnant man just absolutely fascinating? It really is. <laughs> well, we we basically have done this investigation, and we found out that uh, back in the 90s, there were these suicide attempts made by him. So this is something that happened, you know, a while back, um, things that we kind of dug up. And um, it looks like, you know, it looks like, she, at the time, wasn't really in a very good mental state. Um, she was with a, a boyfriend at the time, and um, and basically there was a suicide that had happened 18 months into this romance, um, and it's kind of scary. I mean, this person has been through so much, you know? And it's, it's, uh, it's a little bizarre because we were watching uh, the the interview on – uh, Oprah, or I was anyway, I was watching my house, and it's it, it's just sort of, it's one of those things that at first we thought was, I don't know, we thought it was kind of a gag, or maybe there was a right. rumor that it was like an April Fool's thing, and then it turns out to sort of be, uh, to be the real deal, so, um, in any event. Uh, and, well, apparently it was uh, that, you know, at the time, Thomas Beatty's name was Tracy Lagondino, and at the time, apparently she was hanging off of the 34th floor of her building. And, you know, I don't want to give the whole story away because you sure. definitely should check it out. But it's, there's some pretty juicy kind of play-by-play details in here of this secret past that nobody really knows about. Um, and so and the other – and I, I'm looking here at the cover. I know there's, there's a couple of things you guys are talking about. One is – and, of course, we are a proud member of the CBS radio family. But I, it, it, does, uh, it does apparently appear that the Inquirer has uh, some sort of inside scoop on the, uh, the latest happenings with Katie Couric. Katie Couric, uh, this week this week we don't have any, anything. Okay, so but maybe we, I'm misreading that then. We, but we were working on a story for the following week because, you know, there's been reports today saying that she may be leaving uh, the network earlier than planned because the ratings are just, you know, very low. But this is definitely something that we're pursuing uh, very, you know, fervently this week. And the uh, the final thing that I wanted to ask you about, we're talking to Dorothy Carcassari from the National Enquirer. Um, we have this sort of unbridled loathing of Dr. Phil on this show. <laughs> so, uh, like with many people I uh, that I hold in disdain, we root for bad things to happen to him. So apparently, something is it with something? Is he he moved out, or his wife dumped him, or did some some variation on that? 
Right. Dr. Phil's wife uh, has walked out. A big part of this is because of the way that he threw himself into the whole Britney Spears situation and kind of, in a way, exploited her. Uh, we have all the details of this huge fight that they got in, and we also have some shocking details of the way that, that the producers of the Dr. Phil show have treated some of the guests that have been featured on the show. And, you know, most of the times these people are people that are coming on the show to kind of get their problem solved and get some good advice, and there are some anecdotes here that are just, I mean, they would definitely make you raise your eyebrows for certain. Excellent. Uh, so the new issue of the National Enquirer hits stands uh, tomorrow. So, uh, all right, as always, sorry about calling you late. As always, a no pleasure. Problem. Dorothy Carcassari, yeah. enjoy your week and your weekend. We bye. will talk to you soon. Thanks, you guys, too. Okay, Thank bye. You. Dorothy Carcassari, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I love it when the Enquirer, as they always do, has shocking details. Mm-hmm. That's always... That, that well, is, they make it look like she's trying to kill herself now. That's one of the uh, that's one of the things the Enquirer's really shocking details you won't read anywhere else. Oh, by the way, we have somebody sent this to... Um, Let's see if I can um, if I can get this to play over here. Somebody, <laughs> stop it! Stop it! It's fine. I will destroy you. Morbo is pleased, but sticky. <laughs> Kittens give Morbo gas. All humans are vermin in the eyes of Morbo. That's fantastic. I'm gonna make that my ringtone. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Hmm. Could Anderson Cooper replace Katie Couric? That's one of the rumors being Could circulated. It? Could he? Possibly, uh, maybe. I think yeah, there's nobody that Anderson Cooper couldn't replace. So who knows? Oh, a seaplane attempting to take off in an alligator-infested lake crashed when it clipped an alligator floating on top of the water. Uh, the seaplane was one of two trying to take off from Lake Jessup in Seminole County when it crashed. The pilot identified as William Furr suffered head injuries and a broken ankle and had to be rescued from the sinking plane by a boater. After being pulled for the wreckage, Furr told emergency crews that his aircraft clipped an alligator. Ah. The pilot did what he thought. Well, after he hit an alligator, a second plane taking off was not, uh, well, was not involved with an alligator. So you have to be careful in Florida. That Florida team bitten in that animalistic attack shown on YouTube will be homeschooled from now on. Victoria Lindsay of Mulberry, Florida, will be taught at home until she finishes high school and will miss the prom. She's still having trouble with the hearing and sight. You know, I was uh, I was talking to somebody. Who was it? It was Big Jim, I think, for the Marconi Show. <coughs> Pardon me. We were talking about that that beating. And I think he actually, he's probably got a pretty high tolerance for horrible things. I think he actually said he opted not to watch it just because the description and the screen capture seemed so flat-out horrible. Uh, it really is pretty... Uh, it really is pretty repellent, and apparently it was like a full-on, like, 30-minute beating. Yeah. To which somebody said, well, they're just girls. I mean, really, honestly. The, it's the, a part of growing up. Girls are horrible. They really are. No, they're um, mean. I mean, they're just, they're mm-hmm. mean. Just just full of just full of uh, anger and gristle and hate. Um, and really, it, being beaten by anybody for 30 minutes is not going to feel good. Being beaten by six anybody's for 30 minutes is not going to feel good. Being beaten by six angry women for 30 minutes and is And two go- boys. And two boys. There were eight in all. Well, the girls were, were egging the boys on. Really, it does seem to be some sort of a, uh, it does seem to be some sort of a weird new thing with the, uh, with, with specifically girl on girl violence that is then posted on YouTube. So I saw some uh, parents group uh, yammering about that this morning. Oh, by the way, those kids who were jailed after it, they were laughing about it <laughs> in jail. Yeah. It seemed like they had no remorse at all. Said the Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd. I don't understand the sheer violence. 
So uh, now he wants the six girls and two boys involved in the attack to be charged as adults. Well, you know, and I don't want to go up uh, before uh, in court before getting Grady Judd. Because Grady Judd seems like a hanging kind of a name. Yep. Here's Tim Riley. More interesting things. Singer Ashley Simpson and fallout boy rocker Pete Wentz are reportedly engaged. Uh, Simpson posted the announcement on the social networking site friendsorenemies.com. I don't believe I'm familiar with that one. Uh, which is promoted by Wentz. Ashley added she wanted her fans to be the first to know her fans, possibly explaining why it was announced first on the website. Get this to all of my fans right now, immediately. She continues by thanking everyone on the site for their support and well wishes. Doesn't it seem like at this point Ashley Simpson could just thank all of her fans personally? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, secondly, oh, their engagement is a very private matter. She says. She said on her. She said on her posting yes. on her uh, on her on what friends or what. Friends or enemies. Sarah, com. you know what I that don't is? I believe I've been to that. No, one. I don't even know what that is. I mean, I, I don't go I to. The, going right now. Though. I don't go to the Friends Facebook. Friends or enemies. com. Hey, can I ask you all a question about something the young people are doing? Okay. Like okay. I would know. <laughs> sure, I'm, I, I bet I can help. <laughs> what is Twitter? Twitter. I'm not sure. Wait, hold on. Twitter. I barely knew her. I have no Sarah, idea. what is Twitter? I don't know. Uh, sorry. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, here's the only reason I ask, because there was some discussion on uh, my, my space uh, comment board or whatever the other day. People are saying, Rick Emerson ought to get Twitter and blah, 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 blah. And Seamus was saying it. Seamus was saying, hey, I'm surprised Rick doesn't use that Twitter thing. And I've seen some other posts about that recently. And it seems like some online thing about which there is some kind of buzz being generated recently. And so I don't, I don't really know what it is. I mean, I, I, mean, I use MySpace. I know what Facebook is, although I don't use it. Uh, I don't know. I know what Flickr is. That's like a po- that's like a, a, a photo sharing yeah. site, and that's like Photo Bucket is the same thing. But I don't really know what Twitter is. Twitter is a service for friends, family, and coworkers to communicate and stay connected through the exchange of quick, frequent answers to one simple question: What are you doing? Is that? Um, are you reading that from their site or from Wikipedia? No, from Twitter. Why don't they just send them an email? What is it? What is it? Well, Twitter doing? basically looks like the status updates on MySpace. And so, like, you know, it's like so and so is excited for that big party tonight. But is it? But is it something so you can? Uh, this is one of those discussions that I think is probably pointless because I don't under because their their description didn't make it, it didn't make any sense at all. I now know nothing about it. Twitter, Twitter. I don't think I could use something called Twitter. Regardless, Newsweek of, says that suddenly it seems as though all the world is a Twitter. <laughs> really? Honestly? Okay. Morbo hates Twitter. Uh, Morbo must be the news voice. All right, here's Tim Riley. So uh, John McCain has erased Senator Barack Obama's 10-point advantage in a head-to-head matchup, leaving him essentially tied with both Democratic candidates in an AP poll. Well, doesn't that mean if if one of the Democratic candidates drops out of the race, then Barack Obama would at least take a piece yeah, of because out of that? Yeah, because, because uh, then this really doesn't mean very much. No, because the um, because a lot of like the Hillary uh, supporters are thinking, I'm not going to vote for Obama if he's the nominee. I'm going to, you know, they're all sort of playing this. I'm going to take my ball and go home uh, if my person does, if my, if, you know, if my candidate doesn't get the nomination. But that's not true. Um, I mean, as somebody once noted, the only thing that could elect John McCain. Uh, is Hillary, but the only thing that, that could guarantee Hillary uh, the election is the Republicans, because really, when all is said and done, the House will be divided, and it'll it'll, it will be, you know, it, it'll just be polarized the way it was the last two elections. So the idea that somehow like the, the like the Obama candidates would rather not vote at all than vote for Hillary Clinton is just retarded and untrue. 
So that's only the case because Hillary and Obama are splitting the house right now. That's what I thought. Oh, by the way, Twitter is apparently a free social networking and microblogging service. Here's a little hint. If you're going to try to explain something, don't try to explain it by using terms that are also confusing. A microblogging service that allows users to send... You know what they're, you know what they're called, Sarah? Um, Tweets. No. Yes. So like your music that could squirt? I was just thinking <laughs> that, actually. Remember that? Was it Tuggy that went to, uh, with us to... Um, my Chemical Romance. Tuggy has that phone. Yeah. Was that, it, that and we were player. talking, I am going to squirt me some music. Um, <laughs> it allows users to send updates or tweets to the Twitter website via short message service, instant uh-huh. messaging, or a third-party application, such as Twitterific. I'm never using this. No, I don't know what it is. Never, ever, 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 never, ever. I don't know what it is. Sounds a bit too prissy for I me. I don't know what it does. Did you want to send your friends tweets, Rick? I want to be Twitterific. I, uh, no, I, uh, I'm i looking at this. As, this is not a thing I'm ever going to use. Type of it kind of sounds eating. like hell. Yeah. My, my friend David just wrote me a wrote. Mike doesn't just be it called hell sounds, You should tell them. That should be one of their quotes. Your product sounds like hell. David wrote and said, Twitter is kind of like a text message that everyone can see. Oh, please. Seriously. Let's know more of that, like, look at me, look at me. Not even I'm that self-involved, really, honestly. So here's Tim Riley. Let's do a uh, Whitney watch. Jesus. All right, here's Tim. Uh, here's uh, Whitney watch. God. Here's your Whitney watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. So now, Whitney's young lover named Ray J, who's 27, has written a song dissing Bobby Brown and detailing his sex life with Houston. <laughs> now, I don't know if these quotes are things from songs or popular things. Well, let's try them and see how far I can get with them. In Ray J's Boyfriend, his just-released album, All I Feel, which debuts this week, Ray J croons, Is that your wife? Is that your shorty? Well, I'm her boyfriend. I think the problem is you don't beat it right. Making love is cool. Just pull her hair sometimes. <laughs> the feeling between Brown and Ray J seems to be mutual. While Ray J is more blatant in his diss, uh, Brown tries to be subtler. In his book, Brown writes, For those of you who want to know, I am aware of the fact that Whitney has been seeing Ray J, a very young R&B artist, who is most famous for being the little brother of Brandy, the multi-platinum singing artist and TV star. And he pulls her hair, not Brandy's. Apparently. Their relationship doesn't bother me. She's open to see whoever she wants to see, just like I can see who I want to see. I know the age difference between her and this little guy is 20 years, but to each his own. The only concern is how our daughter felt about the age difference. As long as she's cool with it, it's fine with me. Sarah, do you understand the story? When Houston's sleeping with a guy who basically she knew since he was a little kid. Oh, that that is creepy. Mm-hmm. Ray J shot to national attention after you marketed a sex tape of him and ex-girlfriend Kim Kardashian. Is that how you look for new girlfriends now? You put a sex tape of you and your current one on the internet so everybody else can sort of look at the merchandise before they try it? I guess so. I worked for Pete Wentz, I guess. When he started dating Houston, Ray J would take any opportunity to have a picture with a diva, and friends were concerned their love life would end up on the internet as well. Really, honestly, who, who? No, no, no. Who I've, I've got to get lucky. 
Who goes out of their way to get photos of themselves taken with Whitney Houston at this point? Apparently this young fellow. I mean, I guess it's unless it's just sort of a, you know, trying to visit a restaurant before they tear it down kind of a thing. All right. There's your Whitney watch for uh, Thursday on the Rick Emerson radio program. <laughs> Summary of Twitter. It says Twitter, it's basically like spam but from you. It allows you to be an attention whore to all of your pseudo friends who will just turn to people they are actually with and denounce you as an attention whore, thus completing the attention whore circle of karma. FYI. All right, excellent. Thank you. All right, let's do one more and then we'll take a break and uh, come back with the other merriment around the corner. Well, here's something that makes sense. Police are told to lower the crime rate by killing criminals. This comes to us from South Africa. Deputy Safety and Security Minister Susan Shabango has told police to ignore regulations and shoot any criminals who threaten him or the public in an effort to bring the massive levels of violence under control. The country's rate of violent crimes is among the highest in the world. 20,000 people are murdered each year. She says she won't tolerate pathetic excuses for not controlling crime, telling the cops they had guns and you're supposed to use them. She has told the police, quote, you must kill the bastards if they threaten you in the community. Excellent. Don't worry about the regulations. I want no warning shots. You have one shot, and it must be a shot to kill. Wonderful. All right. Uh, apparently, Twitter also, and by the way, which I'm not going to use. Uh, I'm just trying to get a handle on it here. So apparently, the, the other deal is with Twitter that you can send these uh, sort of mini posts. I guess it's like up to basically the length of a text message, and it automatically posts that thought or observation or question or whatever on, like, dozens of sites all at once. Oh. So that, why would you want to do that? Uh, because you think that every... And look, I understand that this is coming from a guy who has a program with his own name on it, during which I sit and talk for four hours. I am aware of this. But there are limits. There really are boundaries to these things. So it's that if you have an interesting or probably not interesting idea at 4 a.m., you can tap it out on your phone, and then suddenly everybody in the entire world can see it on any many dozens of websites. That's a thing I'm not ever going to do. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Still to come, top five uh, songs by which you would stalk Sarah Dillon, Glorious Bastard of the Week here on KCMD Portland, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Shut up. <laughs> 44 minutes. Wait, no, I'm sorry. 46 minutes. Oh, what do you have to lie? I'm sorry. All right. Five, I gotta look at the Wild Wild West. 503 Actually, I haven't even looked at it. I just it was the cheapest one. Really? Yeah. Did you, did you book it sight unseen? Wild Wild West, Vegas. So you'll be there. What time will you be there by? Oh, do you want me to give you approximate things? Maybe I can give out my room number, too. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> when can they stop by the hotel to mug you, Sarah? I was just wondering if you would be, if, uh, if, if I mean, you're gonna get like basically three whole days there. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to get there um, like midday tomorrow, and then I'm leaving early morning on Monday. So I'm not trying to enable stalking. Uh, I am looking at the, wow, this is a badly designed website. Not badly designed so much as it is just sort of um, 2000 looking. All right. Are you looking at the site? Uh, No, it's not coming up yet. It is uh, WW West. Oh, there it is. Hotel Casino. Rooms from 49.99. Yeah. 
There's a military friends and family rate. There's like bad clip art all over the place too. So I'm sure it's really. Oh, this looks bad. Hotels in Vegas are really sort of. No, I'm so excited. I love staying in like like chintzy little gross hotels. I, I don't. You know, I do not mind. The, how much is the room? Forty nine ninety nine. No, it was uh, I think like seventy. Okay, can I tell you that's thirty dollars more than the El Cortez cost. So get really, I'm with you in staying in flea bag yeah. hotel rooms. Uh, let's see here. I'm just testing out different news voices. If I can. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let's see if I... Officers on the scene said they had never seen so much blood. All right. So, see? All right. Well, do I get to test one? Yeah. Give me a sentence. All right. Um, what's something that a... What's something... I'm so glad we're doing this in terms of... What, what's something a news bot would say? Um, um, should we do, like, the wacky uh, human interest line at the end? I think I need more coffee. Okay, yeah. Well, I know. I think you peak too early with too much coffee, and then you, like, weaned yourself off the coffee. And then, do you want to play the popcorn now. music for a I'll, second? I'll get some get here some in just coffee? a second. How about, uh, let's see, what would what would a news bot say at the end to sort of wrap it up? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. It's like I'm, it's a, my, my news cliche generator is failing me right now. All right, uh, here I have one. You stay classy, San Diego. See, there's, see, it would have to be able to do a sort of maudlin. Let's see. Uh, I don't like that one. This is the creepy girl with the weird bangs. All right, how about this one? Uh, let me try this. This is Mike. Mike speaks U.S. English. And that's one brave chicken. See? <laughs> All right. I like that one. Okay, I wonder how much, I wonder if there's some sort of a character limit, 300 character limit. Uh, so we would need, we'd need to be uh, some sort of a program uh, that can generate infinite amounts of news. Or, you know, 90 seconds worth in the morning. All right. Uh, let's do these calls. I'm going to get a cup of coffee here while we speak. Still to come, Glorious Bastard of the Week. And uh, we haven't done this in a few Thursdays, actually. It is High Concept Thursday. So we'll roll out our high concept topic here in a few seconds. Awesome. Uh, then we'll have uh, top five Sarah Stalking songs at the bottom of the hour. Tim Riley with more news and so forth. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. It's Andy. What's up? Well, I wanted to... What? <laughs> okay, bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I cannot get this damn thing open. Hi. Hey, this is Chuck. Hey. Chuck. Sarah, I've uh, stayed at the Wild Wild West about uh, right around 2000. It's either, I can't remember if it's either on Flamingo or Tropicana. And there's an In-N-Out Burger right uh, right in that neighborhood. Excellent. So I hear, I heard it was like right across the street. See, so if you yeah. climb it right, you can just you can get right off the plane and hit that on the way to the hotel room. And the thing I remember about my room was uh, the cigarette burns on everything that was flat. <laughs> and they had like a, they had a pretty good dinner there. Uh, believe it or not, it's like it was seven bucks for a steak dinner and two Heineken. You know, when we uh, when we were at the El Cortez with Aaron and Jen a couple of weeks ago, uh, Laura and I stayed in, like, one of the dirtbag $40 rooms. Aaron and Jen sprang for a so-called deluxe suite upstairs, and I was talking about how we looked out the window, and there's just a room with a big air conditioning, like the big metal air conditioning box on the top of the roof, and in the deluxe room, everything was just as you said, covered in cigarette burns, every single surface. So. I, I think they do that for atmosphere. They probably have a company that comes in and makes cigarette burns when they do a recall. Yeah, it mm-hmm. makes the room look comfortable and See, that's exactly what I like. That's the kind of place that I like. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm so And it, okay. the great thing about it, Sarah, is it's so close to the strip, but you're not on the strip. That's you're what I heard. For that. All right, excellent. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Hold on. Let me just... Uh... Hello. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Are you creepy? Hey, hey Rick. Hey. <laughs> Uh, I got a suggestion for Sarah, because I was just in Vegas, and thanks for not ruining it for me, Rick, uh, but I was in Vegas a couple weeks ago right after Rick left, and um, if I don't know how much you are into the Beatles, but if that Fab Four mania they have there, 
You can go there. It's you can get the half price tickets, like thirty five bucks a ticket. It's a really good show to see. Take about an hour and a half of your time up. And awesome. it's like, a, Where like is a, this? it's like a Beatles cover tribute thing. Yeah, it's it's basically the the reincarnation of Beatlemania's Beatlemania, and um, it's really good. Uh, like I said, you know, if you go to any one of the casinos has the half price tickets, you can get tickets the same day. Um, it, they're really actually really good, and they're the only. Beatle cover group or, or uh, tribute band that actually plays everything live. There's no tape tracks or anything, so it's really good. Very cool. And where's it at? Um, it's oh, where's it? It's at the Sahara. All right, excellent. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And, yes. And another thing, um, because I, I emailed it to you, but like everybody else, I also have a name for the listener party. I haven't been listening all day, so I don't know if you got into that yet. Go ahead, sir. It it should be real simple to the point. Roast the bastard all gloriously. Right. Roast the <laughs> dot, 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 gloriously. Yeah. All right, duly noted. Thank you, sir. Thanks for the call. call Thank us you for calling. Oh, <laughs> you suck. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, there was a period there. Let me, here's, you can't put periods okay, in that. Mine was. Thanks for the call. Call us anytime. I didn't know there'd be so much of a lag. I'm sorry. Fine, and then mine was. Thank you for calling. Isn't that weird? It's, like, totally perfect. Mm. All right. Why are you getting mad? You know what? You're not the only one that can play with this voice thing. No, no, no. I'm not mad. I'm just kidding. I'm happy to figure out the punctuation. Now, I'm wondering if an ellipsis uh, would have worked better. Maybe a comma. Let's, let's, tr- let's maybe a semicolon. Let's try it all in real time. Hold on. How about this one? All right. So this is that. I'm sure this is fascinating. Let's try this with an ellipsis. Thanks for the call. Call us anytime. That's better. Hey, yeah. The ellipsis really works well. Okay, fantastic. These are things we'll need to know as we move towards more cost-cutting measures here at CBS. Hello, Rick Emerson. I just oh, wanted to oh, say hello. hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting a cup of coffee, then we'll continue. Oh, you wait. do need more coffee. Wait, wait, let's do this. I'm kind of getting loopy. I think maybe the Claritin is wearing it's off. It's just because you're getting so full of the fact that you're going to miss me tomorrow. It is. No, that, and let's be honest. What? First of all, the show is ripping by today. It's 2.20. Think about how full of brilliance and win today's show has been. Uh, we had the... I should wake up at 4.30 every day. Absolutely. And I should be uh, just stoned out of my brain on allergy medication every day. Think of the genius that we had today. First, I had what I thought was a really great idea, which is Celeb GPS. Didn't work out so well, but a pretty good, interesting idea. Then Tim had his vibrating blind, blind braille stick cane thing. And then we, then we had the NewsBot 5000 idea. Uh, it really has been just an action-packed day. Plus, Richie's getting a root canal. All right, here's what we're going to do. Looking at the uh, phones here. Um, so, hey, uh, Timmy Ryan, can you do me a favor? Uh, we have some uh, people on hold, but you know what? Can you can you tell them we're going to transition into a different subject, so we're going to have to clear the phone lines right now. So oh. if you are on hold, my, apologize, uh, my apologies. We're going to uh, clear the phone lines now because it is High Concept Thursday. It is 503-733-2970. So for today, High Concept Thursday. What is it? When I die and go to hell... The song playing will be dot, dot, dot. There you go. Oh, do you know yours? When I die and go to hell, the song they are playing will be, and I totally know what mine is. I know is. what mine is. What is yours? The Macarena. Really? Is mm-hmm. that? I hate that song. My mom was a Spanish teacher, too, and sometimes she'd substitute teach, and then she'd do the Macarena in front of, like, my peers. In was... front of your peers. Oh, my God. It was awful. And so not only do I hate that, that, like, everything about that song, I also have memories of my mother dancing around when I'm, like, you know, 
Younger. Pe- Peggy Hill style. Doing her hip Macarena class. dance. This is the Macarena. Yes. Uh, and That's exactly. My mother is Peggy Hill. And the score, what and what year would that have been? Was that uh, when it was oh, brand God. new and everybody was still thinking it was great? Or had it already become horrible at that point? Oh, no. Like, she celebrated it when it was brand new and she great. Celebrated and she celebrated it. She still celebrates it. She still teaches it in every one of her classes. She embraces the Macarena in all of its various forms. She all also right. plays um, Weird Al Yankovic um, in her classes, too. Does he? Uh, he does the uh, um, chili. He does it, too. Uh, Rico Suave. It's called like Chili Grande or something. Excellent. All right, so today is High Concept Thursday. Please now to be calling 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 and complete this sentence. When I die and go to hell, the song they are playing will be... Uh, 503-733-2970. When I die and go to hell, the song they are playing will be... Uh, by the way, mine is Red Red Wine by UB40. Oh. Uh, so, because uh, Terry, uh, the street team, and I were out doing our door-to-door thing um, a couple weeks ago, and we were driving along, and I forget what station she was even listening to. I think she was flipping her on the dial, and she landed on Red Red Wine, and it's, and you can totally tell when it starts, because it's that little, that little drum uh. thing at the beginning, and then that guy, and it's just, I mean, I have like zero taste for reggae to begin with. It's just, it's just something I lack. I lack the receptor in my brain to appreciate reggae music. I just, I don't know why. Um, but it, it, that song in particular, it's like everything I hate uh, just distilled and put in one horrifying four-minute and 12-second long package. And, of course, every single, and everywhere you go, they play it. Every wedding, every bat mitzvah, every, uh, uh, my high school graduation. Is the UB40 version? Yeah. I hate UB40 yeah. so much. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like the Neil, was it Neil Diamond who did that originally? I think like the Neil Diamond version is less hateable, but UB40 is one of the worst things that's ever happened, like period. I, I could totally agree. And I could not dislike them more. Do you know there are like nine members of that band too? How many members does it take to make something that trite and awful? So as much as I hate that band, that song is the worst thing they ever did. I remember uh, when that song was on every station all the time. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I'm going to get a cup of coffee, and then we will begin High Concept Thursday. Uh, I, as we always do, though, I will uh, give ourselves a little coffee drinking music. Addicted to uppers, Rick Emerson. Leave me alone! You pop those flares in like they're breath mints, I tell you. <laughs> I bought a bottle of 60 yesterday, by the way. <laughs> they, they normally, come, careful, in, they normally come in packages of 10. Last night I bought a bottle of The thing is, the irony is, I don't think Claritin actually have any uppers in them. Are you making excuses to go visit Joni so you can go replenish your stuff? Totally. I think I need to go to Vancouver and get the real deal. I think that's why you can buy Claritin in the regular aisle and you don't have to get it from the pharmacist. And I think that's why Claritin is everywhere now, because li- unlike Sudafed, because I had to take all that stuff off the market or stick it behind the counter, and I think Claritin is no fun at all. I think there's no recreation of value at all in No, Claritin. it's still fun if you get it in Washington, I believe. Yeah, but not I here. See the way- yeah, no, 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 not here. There's nothing fun no, left in that is, I got it from the Safeway, like, by my house. So I know that there's absolutely nothing interesting about it at all, sadly. 
All right, it is High Concept Thursday. Please not to complete the sentence. When I die and go to hell, the song they are playing will be. Hello. Geek Like Me by the Wonderstrucks. Thank you. <laughs> Bye now. Touche. I almost don't even want to take any more calls. Hi, you're on the Rick oh, That was so the good. The name got out there. That was, that was that so matters. great. Hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. We almost peaked with that one. Mm -hmm. Yes, when you die and go to hell, sir, the song will be what? Are you talking to me? Mm hmm Yes. Oh, okay. Anything by the Eagles. And Visa rules. Thank you. Uh, it is High Concept Thursday. It's 503-733-2970. Please complete the sentence. When I die and go to hell, the song they are playing will be. Hello, sir. Uh, hello. Hi. Uh, Funeral for a Friend by Elton John. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Do you dislike Elton John, generally speaking, or is it just that song? No. When my dad died, we had him play that at his funeral. And so, but I mean, so now it just has a funereal association for you. Well, uh, yeah, I think it's a great song. All right, excellent. Thank you. All right, bye. All right, bye. But I don't understand that. Me either. Okay. Moving forward. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die, uh, the song they play in hell for you will be? Well, Rick, this is Mailman Brian. Yes, uh, first of all, Dream Theater would be my joke answer. Uh, but actually, the real answer is the, the Mr. Postman song that the Beatles did and... I can't stand it. Now, is it just is it because you are a mail carrier, or do you hate the song objectively? No, the song it's a great song, but I can't stand it because everybody, hey, Mr. Postman, you know, <laughs> I never really thought about that. I just want to poke out my eye with a sharp instrument. How many times a year would you say somebody says, "Hey, wait a minute, Mr. Postman"? Oh, at least ten to twenty times. That's fantastic. Seriously. Anyways, uh, Sarah, have a great trip, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. All right, please complete the sentence. When I die and go to hell, the song they're playing will be. Help me, I think I'm falling by Phoebe Snow. Really? Phoebe Snow? Yeah, A Phoebe on, on like, Snow reference. I'm like, I'm like, poetry man. Yeah, oh, oh, gosh, you suck. All right, thank you. Goodbye. Right, bye. Uh, hello, hi, it's High Concept Thursday. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? Uh, it'd be a, a sweet little song they call If You Like Barack Obama. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? The popcorn song. I'm sensing a theme with today's high concept submission. <laughs> Everyone hates us. Hi, you're on the Rick. Yes, the theme is this program is now, terrible. Every piece of music that you've ever played ever, who would just like? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey. Hello, hi. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? It's going to be a, uh, a compilation of Mexican ranchero music. <laughs> that may be the best answer yet. Thanks. Uh, hi, it's High Concept Thursday. Uh, when you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? Don't Worry, Be Happy. By Bobby oh, McFerrin. Yeah. All right. Well done. Thank you. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? Jimmy Buffett songs. Any Jimmy Buffett song at all? Any just a random track off the box set? Any one. All right. Thank you. Uh, we'll do one more bank, and then we'll uh, take a break. Come back. Dennis Pitsenbarger, Top 5, Tim Riley, all that. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? Tiny Bubbles. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, the good thing is he'll be there singing it to you live. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? On My Way to the Cage by Rollins Band. And by the way, I owe you a thank you. Um, about six months ago, you said that your wife had written a, a letter to Henry Rollins. I followed up and did the same, and he actually wrote me back. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's great. The, the kind of scary and sad thing is that I think he emailed her back literally like within a half an hour. Yeah, mine took about a weekend. But anyway, thanks. Thank you. All right, two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? Night Fever by uh, by the only pretty Gib. Thank you. All right, final call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. When you die and go to hell, what song will they be playing? 
that continual loop that you play, that give it a da 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 thing that you guys have. Oh, the leak girl? Is that what that oh, is? Oh, I okay. I completely oh, I forgot about that. On, on, and on, and on into eternity. Now I almost wish I had it. I don't think I even have that oh, anymore. Yeah, I, I hope it. I hope your IT guys lost it. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. I'll come back. All right, something else to play. Here's what's coming up: uh, Dennis Pittsburgher, Tim Riley, top five. Like us at three. Like us one one at five. Don and Mike at seven. Uh, don't forget. Thanks so much. Uh, don't forget, uh, tomorrow, Don Geronimo's farewell show. They've been doing the best, of, really the best of the best of the best of Don and Mike. It's one of your retrospective all week. Uh, tomorrow, Don Geronimo's final program. Uh, and then on Monday, it becomes the Michael Mara show with everybody else. Beth Ann McBride actually returning to the show on Monday. So, uh, so be listening to Don and Mike tomorrow night as Don Geronimo says goodbye. I mean, who... This, this song doesn't need to exist. I... I don't really even know the Neil Diamond version. Is the Neil Diamond version also a reggae song? Or do they take it and sort of reggae it? I really don't think it would be. I can't imagine it would be. I mean, I guess there's Stranger Things, but... All right, back after this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. For the love of God! Coming back to me. No. Oh God, I physically. Did tell me that Dennis did not just start doing the dance just now. Wow, why did you do that? Why did that just happen? Why do you know that? I, I have no idea. I just I, some sort of gut reaction. It was like a sort of bad acid when you break when you crack your back. Things come back. What? Never mind. This is my health song. I'm 100% fine. This is a terrible song. Do you know this song, Sarah? How long was this song at number one for? Do you know? No. 14 weeks. As a country, we voted for 14 weeks as a nation that this was the best song in the world. How many weeks is that? That's three. That's over three months. Really, there ought to be a whole high concept of people that people who should have been smothered in the crib. <laughs> Three and a half months. We kept looking at each other going, yeah, no, that's still number one. Yeah. There's nothing better than nothing. that. Nothing. <laughs> this is as good as it gets. I was working uh, in Salt Lake City next door to a bright AC station. Um, and this was playing constantly. This was a power. So about every, I don't know, two hours, this would play. Jesus. Hello, Dennis Pittsburgher. Hello, Rick Emerson. Please don't ever do the Macarena dance again. Uh, no, I don't know what it was. It's just something about, I, you know, she, uh, Sarah played it right before just to kind of test it, and we both looked at each other as if we had just bit into a battery. So that's... Uh, <laughs> like you, and you both, it was like a silent ascent of like, yep, this is as bad as it gets. Oh, yes. All Jesus. the bad memories. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, your personal savior. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, oh. this is Tim Riley. Lindsay Lowe and his page will appear naked in a low-budget film with an aperture of five her flailing career. The actress is said to agree to strip down for just $80,000. Didn't, really? <laughs> yeah. Didn't she just strip down 
like a week ago in a magazine? Yeah, she, well, she did that, and then she did like a full-on like sex scene in that um, that movie that she was in that nobody watched. I, she wants to prove herself as a mature actress. Uh huh. She previously played a pole dancer in the box office. <laughs> I know who killed me. Oh, uh, is that the one? Did she do a sex scene in that? Yeah, it's uh, a really uncomfortable. Like, is she nude? I don't know if she's. I think she might be wearing a bra. Oh, all right. But it's very realistic. Really? Wait, what does that mean? I mean, she just seems very into her part. Are you thinking it's not I'm just fake? Saying, no, I was watching. No, I mean, it, it did look like one of those things where it's like, well, this might not. This might not be a, a fake uh, scene. Yeah, it was like when she was all cracked out too. So she's paying. So she's being paid eighty thousand dollars to be nude in an actual motion. How much was she paid to be nude in Vanity Fair? I don't know. Nothing. No, really? She gave it away. She gave it all away. <laughs> she gave it away because she thought the guy was going to be using the um, the spread for um, like an art show, and instead he told me. <laughs> he told me it was for an art project. <laughs> That's great. I didn't know that. Oh, that makes the story ever so much better. That's wonderful. Sign this. What does it say? Nothing. Sign it. Now take off your clothes. Take off your pants. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, she's uh, currently uh, looking for that perfect role. Yeah. She's hoping to find a great script. Whatever. Maybe she'll role. find it if she takes off her top. <laughs> Is it in my vagina? I. Is that a quote? Well, I mean, she's looking for the right script. I better take off my pants to locate it. It's entirely possible it's being hidden in my buttocks. Are you serious? No. That's the top of the news at this hour. <laughs> That'd be funnier if I had my line if I had like a wacky computer British voice say that punchline of mine. That would have been funnier just now. Um, all right, Tim Riley, will you be back at four, five, six, and seven? I promise. Top of the hour, all the way through, like us, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of all the world. Thank you. That's fantastic. No, thank you. All right. Uh, hello, Dennis Pitsenbarger. Hello, Rick Emerson. Right. Hey, uh, hybrids. So did you hear that hybrid story we had earlier today about the blind people who are being run down by Priuses left and right, apparently? Yeah, it's been kind of one of those things that's chatted through the show a couple times. I mean, it's it's the same reason why I say I really, really don't have a problem with hybrids. If they just put, like, you know, some sort of thing that shakes my seat when I step on the gas and a big stereo system out the back. It was really bizarre the one time that I had to move uh, somebody's Prius in the parking lot, and it made no noise at all, no vibration, no... I, I mean, I... I had only the car's word that it was even on. You yeah, know what it, I mean? It's like motorcycles. You know, they say loud pipes save lives. Uh, you know, they need to make some sort of warning or some sort of audio signal to an auto, for an automobile for just that circumstance. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just one of those things that's going to, you know, it's going to be, it's always something. Someone's always got to be crying about something when it comes to the car business. Hey, do we have time to do the top five here? Probably not. So, what do you do when you come back on Monday? Yes. Because it's a Sarah-centric top five. It's true. Uh, well, so we, we can... still have Richie's to do when he comes back. Tonight. That's true. Maybe that's... it can be all top fives all the time on Monday. I wonder if Richie's going to be back tomorrow. Probably not. I would assume so. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's. Uh, I guess he's got Vicodin so he can play through the pain. But, I mean, root canal seems like a like a serious... It seems like you don't want to be talking all day if you've just had a root canal done. Has anybody here had a root canal? No. Not oh, yet. yet. It, it, how, um... Um, it's kind of the equivalent, basically, once the uh, numbing agent wears off, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I took a running start from one side of the studio and just punched you dead in the mouth, except for the pain lingered on for about a day. So probably he won't want to be holding a phone up to his face and speaking all day long. That's what I'll end up doing, is just doing that all day. He was kind of doing that yesterday. Oh, okay. All right. Well, in any event, so, um, so Richie will or will not be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, Sarah will not be back tomorrow. She'll be back Monday. Uh, and so we'll do maybe Richie's top five tomorrow if he's back. If not, we'll do some other thing. And we'll do uh, Sarah's on Monday when she returns from Vegas. Hey, I have a question for you. What ended up being your high-concept uh, song for yourself? 
Oh, a red, red, a red, red wine oh, by UB40. Yeah. I was missing that. I was walking down the street. No, it was, which is really just like one of the worst. It, it, I mean, it's UB40 like, should in general. Seriously, it's like four minutes of bad. I mean, there's just no. Need. I have another song because I love this one. I love this song too. I love it. I never get tired of it. Everyone loves this. All right. What was that? I don't know. I think we might have made it crazy. Oh, I see. Anywho, uh, let's see here. Apparently, uh, this guy says in college someone had a live version of Neil Diamond's Red Red Wine, in which was uh, which was reggae esque and included a breakdown rap in the middle of the song. No. That's right, Neil Diamond rapping. Anyway, in this rap, he makes reference to UB40 redoing his song and says, UB40, this is quoting now from Neil, he's quoting now in an email from Neil Diamond rapping in the middle of a cover of his own song. UB40 took my song, but that's all right, because UB40, but we be number one. So it's not really reggae. It's not even. It's not a waltz, but it's kind of like that. This isn't bad. This is not bad at all. Oh God, I love him so much. I was gonna say you can't deny the power of Neil Diamond. You're not a anti. I don't know. I'm not anti Neil Diamond. I I'm not as familiar with I him as him some. I saw him. He put on one of the greatest shows really? ever. Really? Oh yeah. Was it here? Where was it at? I saw it here. It was a, it was a few years back, and he had this huge speech before the um, he started playing um, America, you know, coming to America. Right. It was amazing. He is the best showman. Oh, I was just swooning. I think he and Barry Manilow have to do some joint tour together. It'd be sort of like a, you know, like a Metallica Guns N' Roses thing. This is not bad at all. Inspiring speech and they're all this all of a sudden he's like talking about it. he's like there's only one land that I know where you can be where everyone you know, can be themselves he starts doing like this huge speech all of a sudden you hear the do 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 and everyone it like it gave you chills up. it was so amazing that's fantastic this is not a bad song at all I mean if I listen to this 500,000 times I might be able to flush the other one out of my brain alright I actually you know what I actually feel better after pleasant. listening to this yeah. no it did that feel good all right. Uh, anyway, what's coming up on Miles Around, Dennis Pittsburgh? Well, actually, I thought it was kind of cool. I uh, put this up on the website at AM970 with Bridget. It was a press release. We got some uh, national uh, recognition for the station. We're uh, kind of we're teaming up with Cindy Lux and uh, World Speed GT Cars to do some uh, coverage from Long, uh, Long Beach for the races. And uh, it's just going to be uh, a cool little uh, team-up. We're going to have her on the program this week, and she's going to be down at the Long Beach race next weekend. Uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. We got uh, the the car wars this week. This is a uh, big Jim's baby. It's uh, General Lee versus the Gran Turismo, or excuse me, the uh, Gran Torino from Starsky and Hutch. So this is like where you guys do a face off or something each week, right? Yeah, we kind of, you know, we were just thinking about something that would be, uh, you know, kind of get the audience involved about what car was better. I don't know. What would you rather have, the Gran Torino, the Gran Torino from Starsky and Hutch, or the General Lee? Uh, I think at this point I would take the Starsky and Hutch car. Any particular reason? Yeah, because the General Lee is, I think it's played out. It's uh, that's. Uh, well, I mean, it's yesterday's got, news. I, I look at it this way: you have rednecks. And I can't drive something with a huge Confederate flag on it. I just can't. Well, it's just, it's just no. I'm sorry. The time in which you can do that is over. That time has passed. Well, no, well only for here, not yeah. for not for North Carolina. I but uh, you know, you got uh, rednecks with bows and arrows and dynamite in one car, and you have um, sweaters and uh, Letterman jackets in the other, and a huggy bear. So, I mean, for me, I'm personally leaning towards the Starsky and Hutch mobile myself. Uh, it just, uh, we should really break here in a second. Uh, this email says, Rick, 
Uh, thanks for the Dexter theme song during your coffee break. Uh, damn it, you got me hooked on Dexter a while back, and while you were talking about it, you were right, brilliant, love it. Then I was pissed when I couldn't get season two. Come on, help out a Dexter fan. How do I get it? I have season two on DVDR. And my friends Lisa and Jay borrowed it, yeah. and they can watch it in their DVD player. Yeah, if you get a, depending on when your DVD player was made, uh, it can handle all different kind of formats. Yeah, so they can totally watch it. I had to watch it on my computer, but yeah, they can watch it on their full huge TV. Uh, the legally obtained copy. The legally it's obtained can, copy. Yes. CBS, we respect copyright. From the purchase copy. Uh, real quickly, let me do this. Greetings and salutations, Raven Granholm. You are being addressed at this moment. Because you, yes, you, have been selected as the AM970 Glorious Bastard of the Week with all the rights and privileges that entails. In addition to the envy of your fellow man, you'll receive a bountiful cornucopia of swag from the AM970 pile of crap, including the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. Spike TV enters a new galaxy with a complete Star Wars saga, featuring the basic cable premieres of Star Wars Episodes 1, 2, and the broadcast premiere of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. The saga uh, begins April 4th at 8 p.m. Tune in each week for Star Wars Sundays, starting April 20th at 9 p.m. You also have the wonderful knowledge that for at least this one week, you're a little bit better than everyone else. Enjoy your newly elevated status, and don't hesitate to lord it over the less fortunate. Thank you for listening, Raven Granholm. You are the glorious bastard of the week. Back after this. time I flew, when I flew to Vegas, I was walking down the, whatever, that weird metal hallway that leads you from the, the terminal to the plane, that little thing that they shove out on wheels that attaches to the plane, and I realized at one point I was actually whistling that out loud. <gasps> I've done that before, like, absolutely yeah. thinking about it. And you, and you kind of, and then you wonder if anybody around you uh, recognized the song, and you're sort of halfway hoping they did. So. I've done that with um, leaving on a jet plane. Yeah. And that's a horrible thing. Have you ever seen Final Destination? No. Actually, I don't. I don't even want to talk about no, this. No, right no, now. describe it in detail it? now, no. Sarah. What happens? No, because the guy starts having all these premonitions that the plane's gonna crash, and like he starts like th- seeing things that don't really make sense, and like he starts hearing John Denver playing everywhere. <laughs> I mean, that's awful. <sighs> Anywho, uh, all right, how long we have? Like four minutes or something here. You are totally in vacation mode. You are already dressed and ready to go. I you, have my gloves on. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, literally one eye on the clock, one eye on the door. The log is signed. I am logged off of my computer. I'm out. You mind if I ask Sarah a question? Go ahead. I wanted to ask you about your friend that you had met with the uh, 24 Hours of Lemons. 
Yeah, yeah. This guy named Rob. Uh, he's actually in, in the soapbox derby as well. And we, when we were all waiting for three hours this morning to sign up for the soapbox derby, he was telling me all about it. They're going to California and they fix up all these old cars and put like huge engines in them and drive them around for like 14 hours. And whoever gets the most laps within a certain amount of time wins or something. Yeah, it's kind of it's a it's a it's a fun deal because they they have fun. But there's no actual like competition to race. Like you know, everybody has to get to the front. But they have a certain amount of dollars. It's like a thousand bucks or five hundred bucks. You just go to some junkyard, grab some beater off the street or the impound yard. They paint it up funny and have some fun with it. But yeah, they call it the 24 Hours of Lemons. And I know that there's more than one, I believe, in the United States. But we've been trying to do something like that here in Portland. See, but- and I met him and I was talking to him this morning. I'm like, you know, my friend Dennis does a car show, and so I shall get you his information. And you guys can all go down there and have a great time. Well, it'd be fun. I just think they should do something like that with the with the soapbox. Everybody just goes at once versus just one at a time. That might be. Well, they used to do that. It's called the gauntlet, and then my friend Lyle fell off a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's right. I'm sorry. I wasn't laughing at that. But he's I, fine now, but he broke his, his shoulder and collarbone. <laughs> I forgot all about that. The phrase Because the gauntlet was fun because you could all go down at the same time, except yeah. not so much for the fun for the person who's on the outside and there's no rail and falls about 40 <laughs> uh, feet. Can we all agree that of all the things you can fall off of, a cliff is the funniest? Really, there's nothing There's nothing funnier that you can fall off of than a cliff. No, and they usually, they, they you you know, you're not supposed to drink on Mount Tabor, but they... Uh, they Drink. Well, they usually look think, the other I way. I think you are supposed to drink. I think they have a, an alcohol permit at everything, yeah. don't they, for that oh, event? I, for I the soapbox derby? Absolutely. Maybe yeah. I'm just thinking of the usual days. No, I think that'd a beer be. And, a beer and wine permit. You, I don't know liquor or anything. Yeah, I think that'd be. I mean, I don't know whatever people smuggle in, but I know you are allowed to have uh, the beer and wine, I think, because otherwise I think it would just be nothing but lawsuits. So, okay. well, maybe I just. looks uh, askance at that. Maybe I just saw some people at the last one uh, partaking from uh, glass bottles filled with clear liquid that might have been construed as. No, I don't know anything about that. Uh, How long do we have here? Uh, About a minute. Well, by the time I say random phone calls, they hear the delay. They're going to call up. We'll have time for nothing. Do you have anything fun to play off your computer? Didn't you get berated the other day for that? Somebody yelling at you that that they realize that there's a delay? I had like a short circuit. Sarah pointed it out where I I said something, and then I waited like 10 seconds, and no one commented. I'm like, come on! And then you can you just start yelling at the people who were already on hold. And no, and then somebody that... had been on hold about something earlier, and he's like, I was just calling about the Come on, talk about Kelly Pickler. <laughs> and then I got all disproportionately angry, and then Sarah said, you know, they're not. Another, Shut up! You don't know what you're. And I was all mental. I don't okay. know what my problem was. Kelly Pickler. I've been kind of borderline mental all week. I don't really know why. I was forced to watch her last night, unfortunately. Let me just say this as a final observation. So Joni DeRoshi uh, stood in line with her daughter to meet Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Oh, how fun. Uh, because he was signing copies of his comic book. I think it. Things from Another World? Cosmic Monkey? Something. Um. And so she sat there in line the whole time. What do I say to him? What do I, you know, and Sydney had whole, a whole thing planned out where she said, I love your, you know, I love your band and I love your whatever. Joni, uh, you know, is a My Chemical Romance fan. She had this entire thing planned out in her head. She goes up, she shakes Gerard Way's hand. What do you think she said? I desperately want to make love to a schoolboy. <laughs> wow. That's so much better than, when I, than the actual truth of it even. No, she just said, hi, my hand's clammy. <laughs> Win. All right, fantastic. Nice movie reference, by the way. All right, uh, we want to thank uh, CNN Radio correspondents uh, Steve Katzenbaum, uh, uh, Lisa Desjardins from the National Enquirer, Dorothy Carcassari. Join us tomorrow, and I guess we'll include Scott Daly from FilmFeverRadio.com. Dennis Pitts and Margaret Miles around Saturdays 9 to 11. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the soon-to-be, in fact, now vacationing Sarah X. Dillon for AM 70 Solid State Radio. Always been on black. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley on the phone today. Timmy Ryan, uh, the gatekeeper's Dave's in. 
the webmistress is Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan. Don't f with me, Reynolds. As always, thank you for listening. Like us next. Like us one one to five. Donna Mike at seven. See y'all tomorrow at eleven. Bye now. I'm huge. I'm-